Dorktales presents Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a Feywild adventure. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Wild Beyond the Witchlight here on Dorktales. Uh, specifically, tonight is the How to Run Chapter 3 episode where we take a look at Thither. And uh, I'm just going to be so glad to not have to say Thither anymore because it just <laughs> makes me feel like I bit my tongue. Uh, where we're going to talk about Thither, how we ran it, how uh, what we would have done differently uh, had, if we were going to run it again, how the players liked it, and answer questions that you left for us. Uh, I'm your Dungeon Master Kelly. Uh, you see him as my pronouns. I'm very excited to be here tonight because I get to wear normal clothes, and so do y'all. And Robin is significantly less purple, and Krista is... A you little shaved. less pale, not by much. A yeah, less and hairy I shaved. Too. Yeah. Shaved. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. Are, arguable. I'm pretty close. Yeah, that's fair. You just move the hair from here to up there. Exactly. Yes. I You're just all added adorable. bangs. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> me. Um, we have some brief announcements at the beginning of the game, but I, I wanted to say before I pass it over to the introductions, uh, folks, thank you so much for all of the positive feedback because out of all of the things we do, our how to videos get the most. Thank yous. And we actually get a lot of thank yous on other videos that say like, oh, I wasn't sure how to run this module until I saw you. And that's really cool. Um, that really means a lot to us. And I know that I, I personally gain a lot of satisfaction from that. And it really keeps me going when I'm exhausted and like maybe don't want to, you know, do anything. I just want to sleep because it is an exhausting year. Uh, but thank you so much for everything that you all do. And uh, with without further ado, let's go introduce ourselves. Caitlin will be along shortly. She just had an, uh, a day shift uh, and uh, she will be joining us in about 40 minutes, 40, 50 minutes um, after she gets home from work. Um, but in the meanwhile, I'm going to pass this over to Christine and drink some of my, my Starlight <laughs> Coke Zero, which is the weirdest thing. If you I want, love it so much. The, oh the normal or the Zero? Because the Zero is so, so much better than the normal one, but it's still like, I don't, I'm never sure if I like it or hate it. <laughs> it's the weirdest sweet sea taste. It tastes like Spay. Okay, you know that? Oh, it doesn't. You, no, you know that? It's weird. It's, it's that clip of the, the raccoon trying to wash his cotton candy in water. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. <laughs> it tastes like a raccoon. You're right. Yeah. Delicious, delicious garbage. Yeah. Which, delicious. just before I get into my introduction, thank you everybody who's been asking if I'm feeling better. I went oh. and had Cairo after work today, so I got my <laughs> neck cracked back into place. Um, I'm on a lot of ibuprofen right now, but I think it's better. I, I can't quite tell, but there was a spot that I could press where it hurt and I could feel bone. It was like knobby and that knob's not there anymore. So it's obviously back in line. <laughs> Your spine is aligned. Um, so hopefully that means that I will not wake up with a headache again tomorrow. Which would be amazing. Um, but I also have RMT scheduled, so that should deal with the last that, bit, that hopefully. That should be good. That should be good. But um, otherwise, for those of you who are new here, I am Christine. And on this stream in particular, I play Gwendolyn Shafra. Uh, you can call her win, though. Uh, she is our human monk. Nice. All right. Uh, let's pass it over to Krista. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm Krista. Uh, I'm JahistaFX in the chat, whatever. Uh, I don't have any particular announcements, but y'all are awesome, both on screen and off. So hooray for a wonderful, awesome community. Uh, and thank you for all the love on the TikToks that we've been doing. Uh, they've true. been a lot of fun. They've been a lot of, I guess that is something I can announce. Uh, we're almost at 150 followers, which is pretty rad in like two and a half weeks. So yes. I think we're doing pretty well. Uh, Krista come, is our TikTok guru. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. Has, she is uh, the Dork Tales TikTok. <laughs> Krista has leapt in with both feet on TikTok. Like um, the day we did call of the Nether Deep session zero, we uh, we went over to Robin's and filmed about two and a half hours straight of TikTok footage. Yeah. And uh, I'm definitely well, going to release some of the blo- some of the bloopers. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I feel like at some point, Krista, we need to find time where you can come over and I can get dressed up and you can help me do this. Cause I feel like yes. win is made for TikTok. Oh, I, I have, I have audios saved for win. Don't, don't you okay. worry. Well, also quick, quick shout out uh, in the chat right there to Dazed Apricot, who, uh, yeah. is, who is watching right now. One of our TikToker friends who is going to be joining us for a charity stream later this week. You should definitely Ooh. tune in. Chris is running two episodes of lasers and feelings because I made a, I, I made a boo-boo on doesn't, the schedule. It doesn't matter why it's messed up. We're doing, we're be doing two. Do I have to and be yes. British? In one of them? Do uh, you don't have to be, no. You can be whatever you want to be. Do I have to be British, Krista? Yes, yes, you have to be British. <laughs> oh my. All right. Uh, and then finally, finally, last but not least, Robin, what's up? Hi, again, I'm feeling like. I feel like you guys don't like me or something. I feel like, you know, I'm, I have like all, all this space. You just wanted leg room. I know, like. We, For those uh, of you watching on the podcast, Robin's down at the bottom of the frame by just herself. Like have room to ex- <laughs> like leg room. First, we uh, we got rid of of Hayden and and Luthien is is n- is gonna show up. Oh a man, bit it took I forever just... to get rid of that Hayden. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. Just, I'm kidding. I wanted Don't. all those spotlight down here. Exactly. Just you're just slowly knocking them off. Like Caitlin wasn't just... at work. She got hit by truck coon and is now in an Isekai. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Hello everyone, I'm Robin. I use she, her, or they, them pronouns. And um, yeah, I guess the announcement, I'm just super, like we're doing a how to run this chapter, which Mm. I'm super kind of happy we're doing it this week because I'm like super hyped for tomorrow's nether deep to put on my makeup and costume for that so it's, oh boy. It's, i'm excited for that i actually i am going to talk very briefly about nether deep in non-spoilery terms uh so folks to, to know what we're doing today what we are doing is we're going to be talking about chapter three and we are going to be talking about how we ran it how we uh wish we would have ran it i already went through the spiel before uh but this is your official warning about spoilers there are obviously going to be spoilers for wild beyond the Witchlight. Um, chapter three, at least, and every preceding chapter. Now, obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything beyond chapter three because I have three of my players, soon to be four of them, right here. So if you are a player in Wild Beyond the Witchlight, consider what you're doing here and don't don't spoil yourself. That being said, there are, I've said this in previous uh, how-to book or how-to chapters. There are like three secrets in this entire book that your players or that any player can know that will spoil anything. The rest of them are just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, it's like just a little thing. Like, it's not, there are only like three secrets in the book. Maybe less, maybe more. Maybe I'm picking three as an arbitrary number because there's only one, but there are very, very few. Um, So honestly, this module can be ran by Banny Woody for anything. Um, and then I guess do we have announcements? Uh, I do have like three quick announcements that I'd like to get out before we start. Is that okay? Everybody's cool with that? Uh, well, number one, thank you everybody for signing up for the Patreon. Uh, we are at 57 patrons as of this morning, uh, which I have to reach out to a couple of you to find out what you want as your Patreon name over in our uh, uh, in our credit section. Um, 
which I will be doing that tomorrow. Um, thank you so much. Uh, as the channel continues to grow, we continue to be able to do more and more cool things. Uh, for example, at at 50 patrons, uh, I promised that we would be announcing a special new project. And I'm going to just state it right now. Um, that this has been mentioned in a couple of other streams, but we are running a brand new uh, podcast. It is going to be uh, temporarily. It's called Dork Pod because it's just easier to remember that way. Uh, and it is uh, going to be a a self-contained, um, hopefully humorous, uh, definitely lewd. I don't even have to ask about that one. Uh, Ludish uh, kind of fun um, fantasy romp uh, through our homebrew setting that is going to be recorded. Uh, in person on all of my fancy mic equipment uh, on a table that people will be sitting around will actually be in the same place uh, and so all of you podcast listeners will be able to get like primo audio and uh, any uh, buddy on the patron is going to have a patron is going to have access to that right away and then we're going to release it later um, over YouTube and podcast uh, once we have a little bit in the can basically like um, so Patreon supporters will be getting like advanced access, but we're, we're never going to have any stuff that is like completely paywalled except for the behind the scenes podcast, uh, that we already do. And, uh, that's going to be fantastic. And I also wanted to say that, uh, as a promise, once we hit 75 patrons, there is a special summer project that we're intending to do. So if you manage to hit the 75 patron mark by May? then we can announce that for probably June or July, right, Krista? Yeah, and that's something pretty fantastic. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm, but yeah, mm -hmm. so just saying Patreon's fantastic and it's how we pay the bills around here. Uh, other things that are important is that uh, I hear that Hayden's rocking what they are doing that we're not allowed to know or talk about for the most part, which is good to know. I miss them They look very like much. they're having fun attending cons. Yeah, they're actually traveling around to cons again. And that was Working gonna be... their hand off, signing things. Yeah, but not shaking hands. Yes. You can't shake hands. Um, Don't touch those germ-infested con-goers. It's, it's true. <laughs> uh, then the last thing that I remember off the top of my head is that tomorrow is the first episode of Call of the Netherdeep. So if you like what we're doing here on Wild Beyond the Witchlight, come see what we're going to do when we're over in Critical Role Land, uh, running their module uh, that was uh, written by, by Matthew Mercer, who I hear uh, ran our episode zero. I, or 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 his doppelganger did, uh, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic time. Episode zero is going to be great. We actually have uh, three of the cast members here. So, uh, when not when what am I saying? I can't speak. Uh, Robin, Krista, and Caitlin are all in that game, as well as our friend Chris Blog. So uh, I was going to say three. I'm not in. No, Wind is actually Wind is arriving. Didn't you know she's oh, yeah. self showing up exactly. in role land? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Wind just I mean, sure somehow falls through somehow. a portal and she's yeah. suddenly an example. But she doesn't it's even know how. She just woke up that one this day. This is now Wind story. She's tripping <laughs> over stuff, and it's not very boring. Anyway, uh, all right, somebody write that. Song you can go with Gwendolyn is here. Gwendolyn is here. Guys. <laughs> uh, and she's then, gonna punch you. <laughs> Oh God, I could make so many rhymes with bucket. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, moving forward. Uh, and then, sorry, I have the, the stealth final announcement is that this week we are running a ton of charity events for WAVA, which is a Vancouver-based uh, rape crisis center. And uh, this is a fantastic cause that some of our friends uh, over at Tabletop Titties uh, help organize. Um, our friend Char over there actually works for WAVA and does fantastic stuff for them. And they asked us to do charity events. So we'd love it if we could get you out to those 
uh, we already did one on Sunday, which was Who D and Done It, uh, a game that was ran by our, our friend Bunny Hearted. Uh, and included me and some other people in a D&D clue game. Uh, the finale to that two-parter is going to be Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on Twitch. And then will be uploaded uh, probably the next day onto YouTube. And then we also have three other games. We have two games of Lasers and Feelings ran by Krista, which is a one-page role-playing game that's kind of goofy. Kind of fun. It well, it's it's a the it's going to be goofy fun games. It's going to be space pirates. I'm very excited. It's nice. it's going to be heists with space pirates. It's yeah. And, uh, but the the game itself is literally like the rules of the game are half a page, and then the other half is like how to GM a story of it. It's a great. Nice. It, there's one stat. There's one stat. I need go to go check it out. Nice. And then on Saturday. Um, I am going to be running an episode of Animal Adventures, which is a Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition um, kind of uh, rule book, a core hack? book. It's yeah, it's just a different version of D and D, but where you're all dogs or cats, but like you're awakened dogs and cats, so you have like powers and stuff. Uh, you're basically just a character, but it's a dog. Just like it's basically an expanded race book. Yeah, where like dogs are separated out into like big, small, medium. Yeah. And, get, and, and they have some, they have like that. a separate domain, right? As well. Yeah, they have a separate, the good mother is the, the good girl. Who's a good girl? But she's a god. Uh, so that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you come and check that out. Uh, Lasers and Feelings and Animal Adventures are going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific and will be on, um, uh, will be on YouTube as well. I don't know how the prizes are going to work for YouTube and affecting the story. Obviously, live will not be able to be done with donations, but uh, you can still watch them and they'll be a lot of fun. And if you want to donate, how long will our Tiltify link be active? I actually don't know. It's going to be active for the next month at least. Okay, so yeah, if they watch it and you like the story and you want to, like, ret like not retroactively. Donate to the cause? Yeah, donate to the cause, you know? Would be great. We that would be awesome if you if if you liked what we did and we're like, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's a great cause. So it yeah, is a great, it is a fantastic cause. Um, and I'm just checking real quick. I think I think it's good for the year, maybe. Um, but quick reminder that this is an official charity. So if you are looking for some tax deductions, like tax deductible charities, or something that are really useful. Um, so if you, if you need a little personal reason to push you over the edge there between donating and not, I would remind you that, uh, yeah, um, streaming for survivors is a, I believe a charity receipt you'll get for that. And also when we do extra life, that is also a, a tax deductible charity. So bing, we'll help kids. Yeah, you have to wait for it to come from the it, BC children's hospital, but yeah, it, ta it takes still, a while. Yeah, it comes counts. out in February. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, don't you get a bunch of free PDFs if you donate fifteen dollars or more to Wava? You get a bunch of you get entered to win. Yeah, stuff. yeah. There's, yeah, there's not, a bunch of entries, I, and yeah. I'm not sure when the draw is for YouTube viewers, though. No, like that's if fair. They'll, if they'll miss it, but like. Yeah. yeah no, I just think there there's like codes for free things. In... Yeah, you get bonuses for uh, you get codes for free stuff in D and D Idol Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, there's a bunch of video games you can win if you uh, are on the stream with us. Like, like I really, really want to win some of them, but I can't because yeah. it's my channel. <laughs> um, yeah, it's sad. Some of these games are really good, like PlayStation Four games, Xbox games, things like that that, that people have donated, and uh, it's it's fantastic. Nice. Like, yeah, it's nice. really good. 
I'm pretty sure that you can imagine what... Never mind. You, too many games that I want to play on stream. But anyway, uh, folks, without further ado, though, thank you so much. Please join us for those events. And uh, let's drop into uh, to how to run Chapter 3. Sound good? Yeah. All right. All right, so uh, with Chapter 3, we went from hither, hither to thither, where we kind of abandoned the um, the kind of swampy, boggy atmosphere for, like, the forest fairy tale. Uh, and when we were running through that, there were a number of things that I did alter and update. For example, I drew... Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, the big spider. Uh, Fate, Fate Spinner. Tail Spinner? Tail Spinner. Uh, so I, I brought him in there from Domains of Delight because I wanted something else and I wanted to use that photo as one of my thumbnails. Uh, so I'm like, damn it, there's going to be a big spider. And I was hoping that you guys would get all like freaked out and then be like, oh, he's actually kind of nice. you know? Which oh, Yarn Spinner. Yarn Spinner. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I got mine. And then Wynn was just all like, oh, you're telling stories, huh? <laughs> Now, um, there were some things in this in this chapter that were a little weird and that were um, things that, that kind of I did a bit differently and that I, I kind of wish I could have done again. But let's go through some of the questions that people have asked us. So right here, let's see. So uh, Kiyama asks, what was what was your favorite moment? What was the funniest moment for you? Like what what do you think? What was your favorite part of this chapter? Or the funniest in particular. Anybody. I I loved playing old Isaac. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I know it wasn't really like it, it was I mean it was part of the module, obviously, but it was oh my god, I that huh, it 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 tickled me just just right. <laughs> you just like doing this voice. I do, I kinda wanna play an old man. I kinda wanna do this voice too. It's so fun. We should just do old people. Oh just old right. people old people game. Oh my gosh, a retired adventurers party? <gasps> They're all just old seniors. No, we're gonna go get that. No, okay, no, no country for old adventurers. Gotcha. Ah, yes. I'll, I'll yes. do that for extra life. Extra life. Oh yes. please, I want to. <laughs> Everybody be on that old game. And we'll to, we'll if it's an extra life game, game. Yeah. I yeah. have um. Oh god, what's it? Liquid collodion that gives you the scars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Stack a bit old scar with it up. All the. Okay. All no the country. Old. Okay. Who? What else? What else did you enjoy? What else? What else the, spoke to you? What was important of this one? The Julia Child mushroom. I forget what their actual name was, but they're the, <laughs> the Julia Child mushroom. That was incredibly sexual. 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 Damn Um. It did. It didn't have a name actually. It was thinking about butter bath, right? We had to come in. Yes. To get did I give it a name? Fun way. Did I give I it a name? I think it did. I can't remember. Let me. Let, that let was me okay. So you really liked. You Hello, I'm just name. being. I'm being washed. And your yep. song, the song. Oh yeah. So I, I Garrett. Uh, so if you're running that game, they say. So when you're looking at this campestry, so what happens is there's this mushroom person, and it's the buttered campestry random encounter. So if you roll a two on the random encounter table, you go up to the characters come across a campfire in the forest. A cauldron of water bubbles over flames, and a frying pan that holds melted butter rests atop a nearby rock. A lone campestry sings merrily as it dips its cap in the butter and rubs it on its skin. You know, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's a goblin has tricked this mushroom person into basting itself. Which and I it, scared the goblin to not eat it. <laughs> you did, you did. But um, they say that it's singing a song, so I thought, I mean, I could have just gone like, 
<laughs> which would have been pretty funny. So I instead wrote a song because I was I didn't I didn't have better things to do that day apparently, and it was butter butter on my skin. Never another smooth is it churned from cow's udders yesterday. This will make will make glow this campestry. Butter butter smooth as silk made from a jersey's milk feels like it might be a sin every time I rub it in. <laughs> so everybody please please steal that for your games and tell me how it goes i will if you guys ask on the patreon i will do a recording of that and we'll release it publicly i will in, not edit that in the, in, the, <laughs> yes, you, in the julia child's voice butter butter on my skin no krista we'll need a tiktok of that what are you talking about i will hand my phone over i will, I will have no krista, part can we this. can we do a tiktok where you get a picture of a mushroom and just make do do my mouth and eyes like the old like okay so there's a there is a filter of that wow <laughs> where you just put the eyes and mouth on a thing yeah but i won't be part of it you guys can figure i'll it give out. you a dollar now you know what you have to do no. kelly yes. is get a mushroom and a bit of butter and you need to do it while singing that <laughs> and just that's no because then they'll video. see how gross the kitchen is <laughs> you can do it elsewhere. i'll do it in the woods i'll do it in the woods i'll take a frying get, pan out there my kitchen's pretty okay it has a nice blue background you could use my kitchen <laughs> i might uh okay so what else did you guys like um trying to think of like all the things that happened there's just too much each episode um basically anything i did with win i enjoyed <laughs> okay because she, she's just silly all the time it's great um, but I really, really enjoyed Will of the Feywild reacting to people straight up saying he's an Ani. Yeah, Noni. Yeah. And being like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and that—that's the thing is that Will's whole bit is that the kids don't know, and um, he's so there are two characters in this chapter who have had their alignments inverted, and there are two characters in this chapter where if you cure them, they go back to being evil immediately. Uh, Will is one of them, and the other one is Chucklehead. Yeah. Mm. And uh, that Chucklehead doesn't make any sense because literally part of his brain is being eaten away. I feel like that wouldn't wouldn't fix as quick. Um, well, I feel like if you've actually learned a lesson through it and like how you are instead, you couldn't just being healed wouldn't automatically force you to think differently. So what I think is really interesting though is if you if you do cure. Um, if you do cure Will of the Feywild, he literally, like, he loses his mind at you. Like, he, he doesn't just, like, attack you. Hold on, how does it work? I didn't even realize he, I thought he was on purpose. Yeah. So, no, he, he got, no he got angeled. He got angeled. Oh, yeah, zero. I, there was nothing. Yeah, I didn't no, get any no, of that. No, yeah, His real name is Mugen, and he used to work for Scabbath the Nightshade as a kidnapper of children until the Hag's sisters placed a curse on him that warmed his heart, changing his alignment. So her sisters swapped his uh, alignment. Oh. So See, I, I, I knew he used to work for Scabatha, but then I thought he just had a change of heart. Didn't so realize it was a curse that did it. If yeah. the Oni is affected by a spell that ends a curse, it regains its evil alignment and attacks whoever is responsible. Uh, for lifting the curse, shouting, how could you? And it fights to the death. Oh my gosh. That is See, heartbreaking for me. That is so that terrible. Is. Well, that's I why I, I, I really wanted to heal Chucklehead. Like, Sassy yeah. had, I had lesser restoration or something. Mm. And you, you describe as a worm that's eating his brain. <laughs> and it's like, I want to cure him really badly like i can do something here but being told that he's gonna be going back to being evil it's like yeah 
it's one of those things like i think that's my like to borrow a phrase from nadpod that's my thorn of the of this chapter <laughs> is thorn. not being allowed to do that yeah yeah oh, i'm sorry that's okay it's just I'm it's a it's a kind of a, a unique position where it's like you want to cure someone but you, like the curing is going to make it worse which is kind of an interesting thing mm -hmm. so i'm going to ask you real quick so someone asked what your favorite random encounter is um, now I'm going to list what the random encounters are. Mm. Uh, and yes, Caitlin is missing. She'll be here in a minute. Um, okay, so uh, the random encounters were the Blink Dog Funeral, the Buttered Campestry, the Centaur that was like, you're doomed, the Doomed Dryad, which I don't think we actually did that one. Uh... That's not oh, yes, we did. So you, um, I think the Dryad asked you to go and hurt somebody oh no actually we skipped that one so that's the only way to do uh grandfather tree which is the the tree that had all the pixies and the red caps the right. jabberwock's mm -hmm. trail the owl and the chariot or the owl bear and the chariot i should mm -hmm. say and uh the pixies which we didn't actually get to we missed that one uh, which is unfortunate. <laughs> I really wish. So it was uh, three pixies sitting around a table, uh, sipping tea and nibbling cakes, and talking about a doorstop that they found and trying to figure out what it was made of, or like what it was made for. I should say. Um, uh. One of them thinks it's an exercise bench for mice. One of them thinks it's a slice of cake made for a tree ant, and one of them is convinced it's a troll's toothpick. Amazing. <laughs> so that's very cute. Adorable. I think that's super adorable. Well, and and I think this is like I. I I think we kind of talked about this is like we're on a time frame right like we're trying to get through certain chapters at a certain speed because it's performance and that kind of thing whereas and so we've obviously like missed some you know we we skip a few things mm. uh but if you're doing this at home like yeah absolutely take your time and go through all of them because those all, all, all sound can. amazing so the the only one i would suggest that you potentially skip honestly is that there are two different tree ones right before you go to Willow the Feywild and his treehouse. Mm. So there's the, you know, there's there's um, uh, Little Oak, which is the the thing that Will lives in. Then there's the Grandfather Tree, which is where the Pixies are being attacked by the Redcaps. And then there's the Doomed Dryad, where a Dryad and Seven Awakened Shrubs emerge from the undergrowth and kind of act as like bandits. And they're like, mm. hey, you gotta go. Uh, they think that you're with, the, with Willow the Feywild and they want to attack you. That's three tree things in a row that your characters or your players might be like, there's a lot of tree crap here. So <laughs> if you if you think that might be a little too repetitive, um, I would cut one. And that's I think that's why I picked not to do the Doomed Dryad. I think I legitimately forgot about the pixies around the table. I think we just mm -hmm. I think I was going to do that after the um, I think I was going to do that on the way from the unicorn to Loom Lurch, and I just, mm -hmm. I forgot between sessions that I still had one that I wanted to do. Um, how do you all feel that you didn't find the unicorn's mate? Because you were I, sp supposed to look for him inside of Loom Lurch, theoretically. I thought he was dead and gone. Nope. Yeah. I fully missed that. Oh, did you? Okay. I th yeah. I, I thought he was. I thought he was in. I thought he was in Yon. I thought we we're going to find him in Yon. No, I did not no, get no. that we were supposed to go find yeah, him. Yeah, I think Lurch. I missed that as well. So Scabatha but... flies around on a wooden rocking horse. 
that is a transmogrified Elador. I think his name is Elador. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I don't. I don't remember I, the that being mentioned. There, I think there was also. So I well, she, definitely. I think. I think I, there might have been something that we were gonna go looking for him, but I think we kind of you brought up something regarding his horn about how it break. There's something that breaks the story that was a bit of a. I did tell spoiler. you something. I did tell you something off camera. Yes, I did. Yes, mm -hmm, off camera. Yeah. So I think that in my brain was like, oh, so we need to just write him off then. So yeah, so I think we yeah, also was... found letters between the sisters, which specifically stated you needed to use the horn to free. So this yeah. is the villain. Yeah. Now I, I'm going to put this out there and somebody correct me, please. If I am reading this incorrectly, there is a problem with the module uh, that I see right now. And what that is, is that you need the unicorn horn. You only get one of them. It is Elidor's horn. I'm gonna, it's not going to be Elidor. It's going to be like Ella four or something like that. And I've been doing it wrong the whole time. But um, so you go and are looking for the unicorns missing mate. Uh, just checking Elidor, Elidor. Eladon, Eladon. That's why it was almost. I just need to complete the, the stroke. Um, so Eladon is this flying rocking horse with a divot in his forehead, as you may be able to see. Um, uh, and you mm. find him. The rocking horse attacks you because it's like unaligned. It's just a construct at that point. And you may return his horn, which fuses back with his head, and he becomes a unicorn again. But you need a unicorn horn to break the spell in the future chapter, and that's revealed in this chapter. You need that. Well, but why can't, like, Golden Eyes just said this as well, and this was my original thought of why can't you just bring Elodon? So, I guess it's just he has to become an NPC to the party at that yeah, point. So, yeah. So here's what it is. So magically transforms into Eladon, who appears at full health. Eladon is happy to repay the characters for their heroism, but is equally eager to return to his mate, Lamorna. Um, blah, 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 blah. Convincing him to join the party requires a charisma check. Not that difficult of one, to be honest. Uh, whether he stays with the party or not, Eladon uh, intends to honor the rule of reciprocity and offers to use his magic to aid the characters in the following ways before parting. He can use healing touch to treat characters' wounds. Once a day, he can teleport himself and up to three willing party members to any location and thither. That is the specific right there, because he cannot cross the barrier without a guide. Like everybody else. So mm. he's stuck in thither, mm. so he can't just be like a summon who shows up at the, the final chapter. Okay, we can't just be like, snap, Eladon! Yeah, so you, you? so I, I thought that maybe that would be the way it is, but it it not. It's, it's not the way it is. So what I might do is I might move him to the, like the last chapter and say he was actually there um, or something like that, just so that that story has a little bit of resolution, because I know that we all want it, I think. Um, so well, and, and the the kicker is, I saw on the map there was a horse, and I was like, that might be the unicorn. I'm not gonna see that. Continue on. <laughs> see, I don't feel bad at all because you know what, Win wouldn't have noticed anyway. Yeah. So it's not that I didn't have to try and not meta game then. <laughs> so uh, Steam Gold didn't notice. I Golden Eyes in the chat right now is saying that yeah, well you can use the horn while it's on the unicorn's head. You totally can. You can and you have a guide in in Squirtle can, so you can bring him with you. Yeah, you totally can. You can. Uh, then, but you are stuck with a unicorn NPC in a mountainous terrain in Yawn. So like climbing hills as a unicorn is probably not super easy. He can maybe do he's pass without. He's probably not. But maybe um, I don't know his ancestry. He's he's not he's gonna go to like twenty three and me, you know, yeah. and check. Oh, I'm part goat. Well, actually, 
You never know, because depends on if the unicorn is built like a a modern horse or a mountain horse. Mm, yeah. Also, even true. some modern horses I that's know are good on mountains. Like wild horses got away from people riding. and avoided being caught was taking mountain passes. That's where they'd fall and whatnot. Maybe so. But, but so. here's my here's my thing about this: is that when you're running this adventure for yourself at home, this is one catch in the module. So there's only a couple of ways that you can really deal with this. Number one is just remove him from play. He's not there. He's somewhere else because the characters have to have the magic horn. Number two, maybe giving him the horn back uh, allows him to, like, magically create a second horn or split it in half like the Swords of Power in He-Man, right? Like, he gives you a, a portion of his power or something like that that you can use. Uh, or he leads you to a place where another unicorn had died, maybe his father or brother or mother, and, you know, gifts a, a, like a family heirloom to you. Uh, you can have him travel along with the party, but be aware that having a unicorn in the party is a big step up in many ways because he's got a bunch of abilities that are super useful. It's like having a paladin that can teleport. A teleported in. Um, uh, alternatively, you also come with the problem of um, if, if he's traveling with the party, that's another person for you to run, which can be a, a big pain uh, if you're not up for it. Uh, and it does cause a minor complication. And for me, that felt like it was kind of like a stick in the spokes to the plot. Because everybody's kind of picturing like the Harry Potter style, like thrusting the unicorn horn up at like the big magic thing and going like, expecto break them, right? And like, you know, magic, everything gets fixed, right? But like having the unicorn there and being like, oh, well, we can just grab the unicorn and do like unicorn spray. <laughs> It takes, it takes, the win is now the unicorns and not your players. It feels like there's that extra step away where it was another person with agency who was actually fixing the problem. You know, the unicorn was the chosen one, not your players. You were the Samwise Gamgees, which is great. Not quite as satisfying to me personally. Hmm. So hmm. I would move him. I'd be like, maybe Scabatha left him parked at like the final area. You know, and it was like, oh, damn, I left him there. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this module is about abandoning. And you know what would happen? If we had added him to the party, you would just forgot him in a game or two tied to a post anyway. Oh, like yeah, we're snail. We lost our owl bear. We lost the our owl bear, the unicorn. Yeah. We're just terrible with pets. Yeah. It, either way, it's. I, I think, yeah, I think... I, I think there's ways to fix it. Even like you could even finish it in an epilogue. You should finish it as part of the, I think that is something that we can deal with when we get to it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Epilogue might be a good thing. We could, also, could I just want to go back. I just want to quickly say uh, people who are in the chat right now, please do not drop any spoilers about future chapters. I'm seeing some hints there. These, these people are playing through the game right now. And just because I'm talking about how you need it to solve a problem, please don't drop any hints. I'm just going to put that out there right there. Uh, Going back to your original question. <laughs> so back to the original uh, question. Yeah. Uh, the Blink Dark funeral was my favorite. So sad. Yeah. I th because it was like Isaac had something to do with it. And that was like kind of a big thing. But and it was fun having his background and like the rolling for his Blink Dog friend really like coming into play was was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I liked the variety of the um random encounters where it was like 
Yeah, we got this really like heartbreaking scene with the blank dogs. Then we have the mushroom. Then we just have like the uh, like attack from the red caps. And it's just like there was a nice variety. The 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 footprints of the Jabberwock. It's just like there's a I liked the the variety of random encounters they threw at you. Were both not just like okay combat, okay combat or something like that. It was like ah yes okay mm. something different. So it felt. It felt like mm -hmm. a very kind of unique journey, and it was a lot of fun. All of them are really fun. So, who was your favorite NPC that you came across? So there were there were tons in this one. There were there was Chucklehead. There was Sowpig. There was Willow the Feywild. There were all the kids. There was um, Razili the Red Hag, who's not in the book. That's something from my homebrew setting. Um, there's uh, a I, nib I, of the kids. I really liked the the was it the orc girl? Yeah, yeah, I liked her. She was and fun. yarn spinner. Yeah. yeah, yarn spinner was cool. I I liked the, the coffee shop guy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say him too. Everybody <laughs> wants to steal the coffee shop for their own games. I keep getting yeah. comments about it. They're like, I'm stealing your your Feywild coffee shop, and I'm like. I'm like, ah, damn it. You know, you can actually yeah. buy a Skyfire coffee apron on our Redbubble, right? Like, you can yeah. buy a coffee, like a barista apron to run your game <laughs> in. Just saying. Just saying. We came up with Skyfire coffee for our homebrew. Yeah. Okay. Everywhere now. Okay, so do anybody have any particular memory that strikes out at them as like a favorite moment that you would recommend that every dungeon master do? I really liked Blink Dog Funeral, but yeah. the Blink Dog Funeral, but I also really liked the um, one of the things where we're tying back to the stuff from the first chapter was I really liked finding Star yeah, and having yes. that promise to reunite with the mother. It was just, it's one of those moments where you're like, when you see it, you're like, oh shit, yes, okay, cool. We're like, it's one of those like good feelings you get. Like I, that was one of my favorite moments was just like, Mm -hmm. realizing we found the kitten and being like oh my gosh we're gonna get this kitten home well this lost kitten displacer beast kitten is getting home so yeah. i really liked that seeing I star i just really liked all the little like spots where you could avoid combat until you didn't and then you're just like Die. yeah well like even like the doll at the end what was mm. it like pincushion or something yep yep just pin like like Pin fairly like reasonable great. like why would you fight the hag's dead there's no reason to right like let me disarm you just a little bit um <laughs> also catching boggles in a bucket yeah boggles suck man like i that was kind of fun the the boggles and boggle oil thing um is, is interesting i so i, I want to ask uh krista oh sorry krista what was your was there something else that jumped out at you no? no. Um, Scabatha or Bavlorna? Who's better so far? Ooh, we didn't really interact with That's Scabatha. what I was going to say. Scabatha we kind of just killed her. <laughs> yeah. we well, I kind of liked having it be a little more clear just kind of what the intent was to, to be. Because originally we kind of had gone into it like it felt like that Bavlorna, we were going to try and kill her. And then the moment we were confronted with her we negotiated instead. Um, so we did do a lot more with her, mm -hmm. whereas we went in with a very clear plan 
to just deal with Scabatha and move on, especially once it became a qualification for uh, Nico to find her brother. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was very sad. Um, was there any part of Thither that really surprised you? So we got a lot of questions like that. Like, what was the part that really surprised you? What was the part that jumped out at you? Oh, the other thing about Thither that was great was the owlbear. <laughs> that Juniper. we forgot. <laughs> yep. That we Juniper. left behind. Oops. We left behind Speedy and then Juniper. That's true. I can't wait to see what, what NPC mount we leave behind in Yon. <laughs> I will, I'll look ahead real quick. It needs to be another one that we no, make friends with. Oh my god, I forgot that he's in the next chapter. Don't oh my tell god, he's my favorite so yeah, Charge, stop with the... You're not allowed to hint either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I liked actually the unexpected was the the magic items we got from nib right it was nib yeah. In the oh yeah was nib. yeah 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 it was, it was nib <laughs> droopy dog it was yeah nib. yeah yeah i did like getting something kind of cool like it, it's not doing too much but it's something little which was nice yeah. and yeah. and seriously that was something that where it was oh actually two more things that i would suggest to dungeon masters to maybe alter so nib can make you a bunch of stuff but any honestly any uncommon magic item is fine um, so a lot, like particularly the non-combat items are usually better, but like the, the other items that he could have made for you, I think I went through them at the time, but just to remind you, uh, the ones that were available were amulet of proof against detection and location, bag of holding, boots of elvenkind, braces of archery, cloak of protection, gloves of thievery, wand of secrets, or a tiny hourglass that functions like an elemental gem of the blue sapphire air elemental variety. Um... Those are fine, but I mean, but anything that you want, like Robin, you got one of the, you got a like a tattoo. Yep, from um, the mystical tattoos book, which I've used once. I'm gonna like we haven't had so much combat that I've had to been able to use it, but you know it's cool. Um, but so like, feel free to customize, like customize what people would want, like let them come up with some ideas. You can even let them shop around if you feel comfortable with it. Just say like, okay, no weapons. Mm -hmm. You know, or give them weapons. It doesn't really matter if they really want them. Um, give it to them. It, they're uncommon magic items. It's like, what, a plus one? It's not a big deal. Um, but, like, the, the cooler stuff in D&D is always, like, the non-combat stuff. Let's be fair. I would rather have boots of, or, for me, slippers of spider climb than I would a plus two magic sword. Because yeah. I can think of way worse things to do with the slippers. Uh, I was that trying to... That would be amazing. Right. <laughs> I had spider climb as a uh, Claudette and never got to use the thing because it never came up. Hey, we hey, never when, in somewhere where ceilings where it made sense. When I have a stuffy, I still have one of the stuffies from the Witchlight Carnival that gives you Cully Toy Spider Climb for an hour. So Wynn can have that. I have can it. Imagine Wynn having still. Spider Climb. Oh, I want to give that to Wynn. It's going I, to I, I spent like while you guys were talking about it, I was literally like digging through like omnibuses of items because i was trying to find something that would like like i'm trying to promote like isaac's development and journey and i was like okay what's is there something that will like assist in help actions like is there something that'll do this and do that and i just couldn't find and so when you said the the thief gloves i was like oh i mean that will be helpful but yeah <laughs> like and they're perfect i mean i've definitely used them they've they've definitely saved mm. my ass a couple of times yeah the cloak of production is great because it just gives me that little bit better. Like, well, AC. you have it in your art. Yeah, 
Which, right? Yeah. I know. I got to do it before I move. I'm sorry. I just need a table to sew on before that happens. So we had a bunch of people ask the same questions here. So like Eval, Random Equinox, and a couple of others asked, what was the favorite thing you enjoyed that in the module? Wonka asked it as well. So like we kind of covered all of that. Um, oh, the other thing that I would suggest you change, and this is something that I didn't realize going in, but it is the lost items. So Caitlin's character uh, had lost her sense of direction, and what she was supposed to get uh, was, when she gets it back, the magic item that it turns into. Like, you lost your creativity, uh, Robin, and it was the, the pipe of smoke monsters, and Isaac, you got the extending pole, right? And, like, those make sense, right? Like, okay, an extending pole's kind of cool. You can do a lot of cool stuff with that in theory. And then you look at what she was going to get and it's you lost your sense of direction and you got a compass that tells you which way north is while on the material realm. This game is not on the material realm until like maybe an epilogue if you really want, like unless they go back for like the, your, the entire adventure is in the Feywild. So hey, have this shiny rock that you will probably throw away before then like it's a magic like you could probably trade it to somebody it is not useful like point blank not useful um so what i did instead was i turned it into a a lantern of finding a lantern of what are they called um you get one of them in rhyme of the frost maiden on one of the side quests uh to go hunt for elementals Oh, uh, the elemental lantern thing. Elemental lantern, that's right. Um, so it's a lantern of finding or something like that. Uh, and I just attuned it to hags. Like, it, it it lights up when it's in the presence of, you could say fey creatures, you could say fiends. And, I mean, in the fey wild, that's going to be bright most of the time. Um, <laughs> but you could say that it, like, changes color when it's in the in the proximity of hags in particular. Yeah. Sting. And call it the witch way lantern. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. That's why it's great. It's cool. Uh, so Ooh, please... One- Use that. Hmm. I was gonna say before we leave this talk of, talk of uh, magic items, I was I remember this what I was getting onto with Nib hmm. was the fact that I really liked that there was a reward um, that was not necessarily you had to kill or you know for, uh, make something incapacitated to get like looting the body. It was nice to get like a reward for doing a very non-combatant combat so far, where it's not like we're just like looting bodies left, right, and center. We're yeah. But we still get a nice, like, kind of a bonus, the 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 reward kind of thing. So I was just say I like that about the module. Mm. Since we're talking about magic I, I items, really, I really like it too. And I like um and one of the reasons that I say that you shouldn't have Nib make a, a weapon for you is because of his backstory kind of led to death. So I don't think he'd be willing to. Um, so it, it just stay thematic with that if you're going to make your own items in this. Like, don't make like the shotgun of of headshotting as the the thing. Maybe maybe Nibs plays a lot of Doom. I don't know. <laughs> uh, on other magic items, the hmm. portraits. Portraits are okay. So port those portraits are um, so in Loom Lurch. There's a room where if you prick your finger on a thorn, the four portraits on the wall change into your four closest blood relatives, and you all figured that out. So you all know that those four hags are connected. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm. does it say is it blood relative or is it? it can it? I think it might just be relatives. It might not have to be blood. So it could be like, like a. So if you're married or something. Yeah, it could be your husband. I think. Let me double check that because it's been a while since I read it. Uh, But Krista, keep going on that. What'd you Um, like about that? 
Well, I think it was a real, like, it, it presents a really, like, I find modules tend to be a world that any players can play in and you kind of it doesn't really tie to you in any way mm -hmm. whereas this was like a point of grounding your characters in the world of being like yeah who's your family who's there and like for i mean for like win that was a really big thing of being like oh yeah you didn't even know you had family but obviously you do um and isaac like finding out that his father's yes. gone and like especially with his flashback from mm. um we haven't talked about those yet but like tying that into finding out like was it when he left that his father died or did he just die later like what it, it, there's it 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 really brought all of that to the forefront for him in like the the tip off of the of the flashback that was kind of like a dream but then something that then turned into, okay, this is an active thought on his mind now. And it was very cool. I think that's really like, and for people with the witch light hand background, that's particularly useful to be able to draw things that they might not have known. Uh, and I did double check and the chat is right. It is closest family members, which actually I read it as closest blood family members. Mm. Um, so it could be anyone in your family that is the closest to you. For example, um, I actually feel bad about this because I could have done Win slightly differently. Mm. I could have had people from her orphanage mm. uh, and explored more of that rather than showing her that her her real family. I know that's kind of a handful but, of the orphans in orphanage, <laughs> right? But <laughs> so well, it'd be interesting to see if 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 any of of the other PCs are on that if she if we're close enough as if Win would be Ooh, considering a family <laughs> that's really interesting Robin that could have been really cool too <coughs> really sweetsy um, mm -hmm. but yeah you can absolutely use the portraits make it happen honestly if the players totally are just looking around Isaac. Was that? Uh, <laughs> I, th I, well, I think I've slotted Wynn very much into the annoying little sister role, right? Yeah. With Isaac. So we've interacted a lot that way. I would strongly suggest that um, if your players are doing this and they are, if you really want this to happen, just make it happen. So in here, they give you a deck save to avoid being pricked. They don't take damage. Just let them prick their finger. Like, just, like, you can narrate it. Be like, oh, you you go and investigate. And as you do, you brush and just barely. And make sure, because somebody's going to be like, oh, well, I'm wearing gloves of chain mail. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's a sharp, it's a sharp thorn. Like, mm -hmm. you went right between the little links. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, all right. L one moment. I'm just going to pause here for one second. So, all right. Whoosh, Caitlin. All right, so Caitlin, oh, we were going yes. through, uh, we were going through all the stuff in Thither. We were talking about our favorite thing, so I need, I'm gonna put you on the spot Ooh, right away gosh. and ask you what your favorite random encounter was, what your favorite NPC was, and what moment stuck out for you the most out of out of this chapter. Okay, I really liked um, meeting the Hag, um, not Scabatha, but oh, Rizili. Razili, yes, I loved that scene. Everybody likes that scene, and it's like it's 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 not in the book. <laughs> oh, well, that was amazing. Oh well, thank you, thank you very much. She's uh, <laughs> she's actually from the Shards of Nern. She's from our homebrew game. Oh, neat! I she, thought she was. Super she gave cool. a bunch of really awful her. prophecies to all of the characters, including Cat. 
Yeah. So, but, um, because she's not nice. And she's always right. Uh, but, but thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, what else do you like? Um, I also really liked Chucklehead as a character. Was it the Jersey um, accent that did it? Probably. He's, he, you know what? <laughs> People are like, why did you pick a Jersey accent? I'm like, because he's literally a Teamster union leader. Like, he's got a bunch of these goblin, like, little, like, goblin thugs around him. He's like, yeah, we work in sanit <laughs> sanitation. Mm. He's Tony Soprano, mm -hmm. like, with the, with the candy apple head. Uh, some other parts that stood out for me. Oops, I'm erasing my background. That's super fun. Don't, don't do it. Um, I really enjoyed being able to interact with the children as a, a healing Luthien. That was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Because it, it, it's, I don't know, family's a, a thing for her, right? Oh, yeah, totally. You didn't totally. have her own, so... Yeah, so that was quite nice. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, the improv the improv coffee part was quite fun. Everybody loves the coffee. <laughs> we were already talking yeah, about that on the way here. Yeah, yeah. Were you listening on the on the on the on the cab ride home or something? Maybe. Oh, okay. no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I really, really wasn't. Um, nope. Dragon in the Box was my favorite, I think. Oh! Out of the stuff they wrote. Oh! But also, hmm. I loved um, the cave scene. Oh, with Nib. That was in Thither, right? Yeah. That was in Thither, yeah. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yes, I really, really enjoyed Nib as well. Those are probably the moments that stood out the most for me. Those are like seven of them, but still. Mm -hmm. There was so much, and the, yeah. This is a really good chapter. Oh, so far, I gotta yeah. ask everybody, Hither or Thither, which one's better? Thither. Thither. Hands down. I liked Hither. Fair enough. I liked the water part of yeah, it. Yeah. I also liked I really the liked the, that. Yeah. So. There. I liked the fairy tale. Like, I feel like this being a fairy tale world, the Thither was more fairy tales I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. And so that, I guess, felt more fairy tale-y to me. Mm. So... Thither or Hither or the Witchlight Carnival? Oh. So which of the chapters was the most was the most memorable? If you had to play one again, which would you play? Probably the I... Witchlight Carnival for me. Yeah. Yeah. The intro was really good. With like an opportunity to do more and like yeah. to, to not just have a couple of hours, like to just mm -hmm. be able to, you know, you know, we're gonna hang out here for a while and just like really investigate everything mm -hmm. I, I want to yeah. say, say this non-critically um, uh, ironic choice of words critical uh, I have been of course reviewing Call of the Netherdeep because our Call of the Netherdeep game starts tomorrow night and the beginning of that game this is not a spoiler but you start in during a festival that's that's where the game begins it's not as good as the Witchlight Carnival and it's not that the book is bad by any means. It's it's so far I'm really enjoying what I'm what I'm what I pulled from it, and the deeper I get into it on, on a on a base like a smaller basis, the more I'm like, oh, this is really good. The Wild Beyond the Witchlight has really set the bar extra high though, and the all of the stuff and all of the flavor and thought and whimsy that has gone into this module and into the Witchlight Carnival just completely blows me away enough that. Where I'm looking through Netherdeep, they they things like they say things like, "Hey, 
if your characters are walking around, they walk around looking for what they want to do for X amount of time. I'm like, well, why aren't there like little like random encounter events in this chapter? The truth is the chapter's really full. But I want that extra bit that the Witchlight Carnival did because they went that extra mile and now I want it in everything, right? It treated me nice. And uh, so I'm thinking uh, I'm probably going to end up having to, to write a module for DMs Guild, like a module supplement for that this week where um, for stuff that we do tomorrow night for that. And I think that the Witchlight Carnival, th this book is so well designed, guys. Like Wild Beyond the Witchlight is such a good damn module. I just, I love it. It's so good. It's so good. I I think you're right. The the amount of whimsy and using your stats in a different way than normal D&D stuff again, it kind of really set the tone for how you can play this module and just other than the like time limit of the Witchlight Carnival which as a, as a DM, you could magically stretch out so your players could get everything. It's just like, this is, there's so much to do that I want to go back and replay some of the games and stuff like that and try again. And, you know, I, it's so much fun. You can run it when I'm done with it. <laughs> Ooh, I could. <laughs> We could do Wild Beyond Ooh. the Witchlight Speedrun Edition. I could do that for like Extra Life or something. Just speed. Yeah, you could run the Witchlight Carnival by itself. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's um, it's three games worth of material, but you can do like a four or four or five hour session of it. Like, do it. Yeah, I'll loan you the book. Sweet. Um, like that would be fantastic. Like, awesome. I'd love to see your interpretation of some of the characters once once you get the book. Um. <gasps> So a couple of things that I wanted to cover. So some other questions that we were asked were uh, a question for the DM from Professor Multiverse real quick. Uh, so there's a scene in there where there's an oven with a fire elemental in it where you can be pushed into it. How would you deal with the fact that the book presents no way to get out of it? I'd say that you could try to break your way out. Um, I, I feel like that was designed to have a hag pushed into it more than it was designed to have. Um, I... I I feel like I messed up a couple things in that scene, to be honest, because, like, I, I'm bad at reading maps, apparently. I never thought I was, but apparently I've made, like, so many map errors during this. Um, and uh, and thank you to all of the raids right now. Bar I see Bards of New York in here, which is, like, the best name ever. And we just got raided <laughs> by um, NPC Voices and Untold Odysseys. You all are amazing. Oh, and that one fun. God, it's yeah. been a raidful night. Um, <laughs> You're all amazing. And Bards of New York is a fantastic name. They're all fantastic, but that one particularly. <laughs> um, as a bard, I have to agree. Um, so they talk about, like, getting out of it. So, like, um, the cauldron, like, I had that get knocked over. There's technically enough soup that it would have spilled everywhere. Uh, I didn't really lean into that as hard as I could. Um, but getting out of the... Getting out of the, where is it? Trapdoor and cell, child worker, oven. Um, while it is trapped in this. Any creature that enters there takes a bunch of fire damage. They, if the creature is looking. I, I just say that, like, they. I just say that they could bust out. Like. Or alternatively, if you ever look at those old school ovens, so this requires a little, a little like Google foo on your part, but the old school ovens that have the, um, like a wrought iron, like kind of lock, like a handle lock, 
you can unlock them from the inside because it's literally just two pieces of metal that pivot on a joint to hold themselves shut. They're just heat resistant. So if you were willing to take the fire damage on the other side, you could just grab it and make a strength check to move it back. Uh, it would suck. Um, but it would I, suck less than burning. Burning <laughs> to death. Like burning yeah. your <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely use the pickles and definitely use pickle damage. Yes. Pickle damage Absolutely. is the best. Uh, custard damage and pickle damage, which just means that someone's <laughs> going to be pregnant by the end of this game with like custard and pickles everywhere. Uh, fish finger damage. Have some Doctor Who references thrown in. Um, so I will say that there is one thing in this chapter that is old school D&D module style stuff that I dislike. Uh, and that is the one that Isaac got hit with, which is that you go into Babylon, or not into Babylon, you go into Scabbath's library, you grab her books, and then you leave, and then they all go and dissolve because they're warded. Mm. And I'm like, that's a real dick move. Like, I thought it was really funny. You thought it was really funny? Okay, so yeah. never mind. I, well, that's, I, I can be wrong about this stuff. Well, I, I, at, I think I think I think it's it's that kind of thing where you're like, this will be useful. And it dissipates. Mm. That's frustrating. But this was like a like who really wanted to take those books? It wasn't. A I thought big it was hilarious. It was I thought it was funny. a very <laughs> comedic effect. Or it was like, ah, yes, of course. Ash. I think if you found like a cool weapon that worked really well against Scabatha, and then you are like, sick, I can use this on the next hag, and then you walk out and it just dissipates with no save, no nothing, mm. that would be very frustrating. I, if you're going to do that, have it dissipate in her heart. Like you stab her and then it mm. dissolves and she dissolves yeah, exactly. too. Like, like, make it, like tie it together. Tie it all yeah, together. Yeah, make it a one use kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you dislike about this this chapter? If you, if you were like, eh, could have gone without that. Like not even dislike, not even hate, but just like, eh, it was all right. Or just, what? What would you rather have not done? Well, I said my thing already. Kind of, I'll reiterate it for for Caitlin. Yeah. Um, is the is the fact that you the option to do good and to heal someone from something that's slowly killing him will reverse Chucklehead mm. back to like his to back to evil, where it's kind of like. Well, now I have to just let this person slowly die when we're mm. trying to be helpful. Where it's like, yeah, it is kind of like, you know, a terminal disease or something, but it's still that feeling of like helplessness as a player kind of thing where it was like shit. So minor thing, DMs, you, if you wanted to be kind about this and the player was in, ingenuitive enough, this is, I just thought this up. So Robin, this isn't something that you didn't do, but you could <laughs> allow the unicorn horn to maybe, maybe heal it. Um, if the player like does something like that. Alternatively, and I'm just gonna put this in your head, maybe if you go save Zabilna, she can do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was my that was my backup plan was gonna be like, I was gonna try and talk to Zabilna Zib and be like, hey, favor, hey, favor. Because there's a lot a of player. epilogue stuff that we're gonna yeah. want to do. There, yeah. there are several different endings for this book, and they're all good. Even the bad ones are good in this one. Um, but what about what about everybody else? What what was something that you didn't particularly love? Hmm. I I really liked Thither, so I'm finding it this pretty difficult. Okay, yeah. you can just you can um, just say none. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep thinking about it. I'm, okay. I'm trying to replay it in my mind. 
having so to go back and yeah. forth across that dumb pool. Yeah. It was pretty dumb. You have to go to the, the island and then light the brazier and then she appears on the shore and is like On the other side, like I don't want to get I'm wet. Yeah. Bitch, come yeah, to us. Put them here and over here. And the, the, you know they can teleport, so she's just being a jerk. Um, and that's that's me playing, just playing the module straight there and being like, okay. Um, the other, that's stupid. So someone brought this up earlier that uh, one of one of the questions came from. Um, actually, you know what? Let, let's finish and then we'll answer that question. Um, so Christine, I think it's supposed to be. Oh, sorry. I, was oh, just say, I think it's supposed to be like. The unicorn appears in the distance, right? But you have to go through this fucking pool to get there again. <laughs> so it's just kind of frustrating. It's it's like cool in like a mystical way, but also it's just logistically not fun. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, and it would have been like, oh, she appears on the other side and then walks delicately across oh, yeah. the pool oh, to you, right? Like, <laughs> there's so many ways they could have done it, but no, no, no. You gotta slough your way back. Sorry, I think I was kind of off that night too, so I feel like it's that. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's 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 bad in a very funny way. It's but it's like <laughs> I just remember, like I just I'm feeling Isaac. I'm being like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> right. We just got soaked. Light this brazier, and now we have to swim. Back, because didn't I? I think I pressed the digitation. I think digitation is Just all did, dry, yeah. and yeah. it was like, mm -hmm. seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, I also, while we're thinking of uh, Christine, while you're figuring out if there's anything about the chapter you didn't like, I want to do a quick shout out to in the chat, uh, Miss Scarlet Knits, for um, preparing to DM Witchlight as their first big boy campaign in a few weeks congratulations Yay! you're gonna be fine i i get so many people awesome. who, who message us or, or are talking on our discord and they're like oh you know i'm really worried about this it's like don't worry don't worry you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine just just have fun with it go watch some cartoons go watch some like go watch some like 80s and 90s cartoons or like some star versus the forces you know. of evil yes everybody go watch star wars everybody, everybody should. Uh, i hear centaur world has a similar vibe in some ways too but like go watch some cartoons have some good times and then like just run a really cool game go watch the old D, &D cartoon you can find it there you go but yeah, yeah. Uh, christine what do you think um i don't know i think thither just had a bit more of a feel of like i didn't really feel like i was exploring the map as much that's fair because it is more um, just kind of cluttered clustered like there's nibs cave and then there's yeah. like little oak which is mobile so does he even count and then there's loom lurch yeah so i didn't i don't know like we were traveling but i didn't quite get the sense as much as like in hither of how we kind of were pretty clearly traveling around these different places and then going, it felt like we had a lot to do and it kept just kind of getting a bit mixed up. It wasn't quite as like streamlined and like in a line as mm -hmm. Hither, I think, which can lead to being just a bit kind of, I don't know, mentally cluttered, I find for myself. That's fair. It doesn't work as well. Whereas like Hither felt much more fairy tale in that we were going to get help and going and then we got we had to go here then we had to go here and we had to do a thing here and it it didn't feel like we were doubling back it felt like we were kind of 
looping in an S sort of shaped road, but we were ever going forward. Mm-hmm. Where I kind of felt like we were traveling in circles a little bit in either whether we were or not. It just kind of felt that way. I mean, fair. Yeah, I mean, um, there was there was kind of that that type of it was a little more plotting in places, but I thought it was still really good. Oh yeah, well, yeah. And I think I think Thither had a lot more like we knew where we were going, we knew what we needed to do. Whereas in Hither, it has that fairy tale feeling of being lost and yeah. wandering. Mm. Whereas yeah, so that's this... why I think I liked Hither better because it felt yeah. a little bit more fairy tale versus, I guess, a little less fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It was having to work a little harder for that feeling with what was there versus the feeling of having to figure it out, mm-hmm. I guess. That's fair. Anybody else have anything they wanted to say about like there anything they would have rather not done in the chapter? Or do we, should we move on to a new question? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I am going to pick a fight with y'all oh. okay. who started no. fights with the friggin' red caps. We were told if you hit them, they would become red caps. There were so many oh, other ways yes, we could have dealt true. with them than attacking I them. Alright. <laughs> I was gonna I was, I like, was gonna try to be like, guys, we should tie them up while they're still goofs. Exactly. And then and then they weren't. Well, I think <laughs> they weren't. I think that was Robin. I think I'll hold this on you. I think that was you me. started it. You had initiative because I think Wayne right. was gonna try and catch one in a bucket or something. You started shit with Bavlorna. You started shit with the red caps. I did. What happens when you give Robin Firebolt? Exactly. She just wants to use it. Firebolt too. It's like if you give a mouse a cookie. If you give a Robin a Firebolt. It the ah ah the red caps or witch bolt. Get your bolts right now. If you give a Robin a bolt. Sorry, there you go. Give Robin a bolt or a ball. Robin. Sassy has fireball. Oh no! <laughs> Which I got to use. I was very happy uh-huh. that I got to use that. Yeah, that was that in was pretty great. Also, I one of my one of the big things I want to encourage people in this module is make the so nobody did anybody feel like we were kind of rushing through the last episode at all? Okay, good. I was kind of worried because there's like there, there's a lot of places where they kind of set you up for to be able to have a lot of combat with like all of like the Tin Men yeah. and that. I liked playing them more for comedy and being like, you know, that like Will's making a big deal and there was like the Goblin Riot. So they're obviously going to be like, two arms, right? And then like the fire elemental is normally elementals aren't that bright, but this is a fire elemental that's in a fairy plane. So having one that's kind of self-aware kind of works. So, right? And like, you mean, yeah, Cole was great. Yeah. I love that name was Cole. We were all like chatting in the Twitch chat about what his name should be. And then you dropped Cole. And I was like, of course it's Cole. That's correct. The best one. (laughs) Well, if I I describe them with like like a more feminine personality, I would have gone with Ember. Also good. Right? Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. like that for all that win is silly. Bernie! That's what I was saying. I was like, his name's got to be Bernie. Sorry. Sorry, Christine. Sorry. For all that, Wynn is really silly and cutesy and just fun. She's got the most horrifying kill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is true. (laughs) You offered it. I was like. Always, always offer the chance. However, that's going to start affecting the way that the Feywild perceives you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. Um, So Ink Goblin asks. I think that's kind of like one of her first full proper kills yes and you'll remember it forever <laughs> uh ink goblin asked do you think there's anything missing from the feywild part of the adventure something they should have showcased or done 
I think they've done a pretty good job, honestly. They really covered a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that we could nitpick about specific fairy tales that they could have included. Um, I, I honestly kind of like that they haven't given any, like, on-the-nose fairy mm-hmm. tales yeah. for the most part. Because I think, yeah, Willow the Feywild's probably the closest with the Peter Pan comparison. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in the end, yeah. it's the Feywild. It's not specifically fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So... I don't know. I mean, I feel like we could probably maybe a lean back in on some of the silly stuff a little bit more, or some weird stuff that could happen to us, like just interacting with the environment. But I feel like we've maybe gotten a little relaxed and safe in the Feywild. Yeah. I, I, I personally, I know that like Isaac, like like during the the um carnival isaac didn't partake in things because he Mm -hmm. didn't like he was like no i'm not i know what this is i'm too smart for this i'm not gonna deal with this shit but like i feel like it has made for bad radio so (laughs) i was like well i guess he's gonna start eating mushrooms (laughs) yeah i think that that's one of the things is try to encourage your players to say yes to everything they feel comfortable with like yeah because it's just so good it's so good. Isaac Isaac getting shrunk and changed and altered is so good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Golden Eas, you should definitely rewatch it on YouTube to get to that part. Um, just to get the whole lead up to it and then just get the mm. horrifying like moment in game. Just instead of being told what it was. <laughs> I did appreciate that you let me find Boggles. Damn straight. Yes. Yeah. It was if 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 we weren't on like a timeline in the episode uh when we we knew we needed to get to Scabatha because we had to let Hayden go. Um I really wanted to just huck things at corners in every room. Right? <laughs> I was like, where are the boggles? I'm gonna get them all. Like, yeah, like they were some kind of chivo. You're on a hunt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Boggle hunt. So thank well, you the for funny thing is, that okay. was after Nico had left, so yeah. Nico would have had true sight. We could have seen them all. I know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I just I didn't want to waste time because wow. I knew we had to get to the end, and I was like, oh, I want to find the boggles. Right? So right? I'm glad I got to find one afterwards. I loved the revolution, Viva Prismere. Viva oh my Prismere, god, too yeah. funny. Which you can buy as a two different types of T-shirt on our T Public right now. <laughs> so Viva Prismere, Viva Feywild. Oh <laughs> uh, God! We haven't sold any of them, but I still—I I think they look cool. I might they buy look one. Cool. I might buy one the next time we do like a like a personal order. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so since we kind of t- touched on this, I want to bring this up. Uh, so, Random Equinox asked, uh, "Was the Red Hag encounter at the Goblin Market a means to temporarily take Nico off the board and allow Hayden to take the break from the campaign?" Absolutely. Um, so, um, a few weeks ago, about a month and a half ago, I think two months ago now, uh, Hayden messaged me and said, "Hey, my schedule is going to be getting kind of busy, um, so I'm going to have to miss a couple of games coming up. I'm going to so like I, I I think they had like a friend's wedding coming up, and then they." had like a couple conventions that they were paid to go out to because of their voice work and i was like okay we'll we'll plot around it i'll put nico in fox mode and i'll just you know let her shoot eldritch blast as a fox because that just makes me happy having her be artillery um and then that kind of grew into an oh i've got these great opportunities now that like i have basically is on monday monday nights and uh so we had uh we had i had two and a half weeks warning 
to to figure out a way out. And unfortunately, we had um, we had a couple of illnesses, and we had to miss one week. You'll probably all remember um, because, like, actually, a few of us were sick that week with not COVID, thankfully. Uh, but um, so we missed a week, and then it was like that. And I'm like, well, this is honestly. I had considered having it be something with the hag and with with having like um, Scabatha make a deal with y'all or it be some part of that. Um, but honestly, when it, when it came down to it, I was like, you know, I'll just I'll pull in the red hag, um, which is the red hag is a type of monster from uh, Cobalt Press's Tome of Beasts. Uh, mm -hmm. They're they're really cool. Uh, I don't use any of their stats and almost anything but the art in, as inspiration when I use them because the idea of like a bright red skinned creature called a hag that honestly just looks more like a slightly nosier elf. Something about that just kind of is like there's something neat about this concept and it's kind of really resonated with me. So I, I kind of just you know added all that stuff about how they're hags that hate hags because of an ancient slight where the other hags betrayed them or something like that so now they they're evil hags that are more evil to hags than they are to normal people but they're evil to everybody um so uh i needed to do something to remove hayden from play for a while so giving them a bittersweet tragic sad ending uh was kind of my idea there um and it's also good because if if something goes really well for Hayden and they're unable to return for the finale, then they they have a good write-off. Like it is one of those endings where if they if they end up not being able to come back, it's still sort of resolved. So so long well, as and that can be something of you see two foxes jumping off into the forest together. Like yeah, <laughs> I can literally hand wave it away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, no, so yeah. that ending was brutal, Magic. and then. <laughs> Crystal later with a TikTok to the song that you did it to. <laughs> Holy Christa, shit, I cried watching that. I was can like, you... editing it. It's so rough. <laughs> can you post the uh, the TikTok in the Twitch? Like the link? Uh, I can probably do that, cool. yeah. I'll, I'll try and see. Uh, so let's take a look. What other questions? Uh, let's see. Uh, so there are two really long questions. Um, uh, so someone asked, uh, by the way, I have a question for the players. Uh, this is from Golden AS, uh, or Golden AS. I, tell me how it's pronounced. Um, are you getting the vibe that Mr. Witch and Mr. Light kind of hinted at you that each realm and hag are related to the past, present, and future? Um, so like that that's kind of a that's kind of a good way to look at it, right? Because it's the hourglass coven, and also it's the law of threes, you know, and also you're starting with the swamp going to the forest and then to the mountains. So there's like striation between all of them. Were you kind of catching on to that or is it just kind of like, just kind of rolling with it? Well, I remember him saying that. Um, I haven't necessarily gotten the vibe of past and present. Well, and I think mm. that it's because Hither drops the ball a bit on it because like okay so yawn being the future right because it's yawn it's over there and also there's a lot of stuff in it um like and endolin does a lot of things involving prophecy mm. Mm. so that would imply that bavlorna bavlorna is all about the past but there wasn't really much in that that makes me think it's about the past 
I no, would... she was all about her looks. Well, like, the yeah. world, the world feels a lot like, well, it's about being stuck in the past, right? Like that, like yeah. the, the, the bullywug court is very Yeah, I old. guess. Okay, yeah, I guess so. And kind yeah. of is stuck in this rut of trying to reclaim yeah. that mm. and she's stuck trying to reclaim her past beauty and oh, her past youth see that. Oh, yeah. again it's there yeah. you have to think about it if you're not but i'm also an english major so yeah. i mean you, but you have to kind of reach <laughs> for that the, the, i think yeah. the thing yeah. about like thither being the f the present makes sense because the present doesn't have to feel like anything special like that's the trick about the present has yeah. the easy assignment. Mm -hmm. Present shows up to the presentation and just like signs their name on it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, I mean, current events, things were happening like the, I guess the turmoil between the revolution of the I don't know. Well, and also the, she's the the one who's doing like the she's writing letters to both sisters, so she's acting as an intermediary. Mm -hmm. Um, but is she the, I'm forgetting the place. I know that Endolin is the, Endolin is the youngest, so she's the future. Bavlorna is the, Bavlorna is the oldest, right? Or no, Bavlorna is the middle child. So yeah, I think they kind of like, the mm -hmm. themes are kind of a little, a little quagmire-y. I think it's a little, a little mm -hmm. mired. Yeah. Well, and Gold yeah. makes a good point because like, what's his uh, nib and his regrets and things like, so you'd think that would be past. past. But then you're going through them in the wrong order because like yeah. if, if Christmas Carol has taught us nothing, it is, we go past, <laughs> present, future. Well, ex exactly. That's, that's, uh, we're just saying that it, it, it does a bad job of playing to those themes because oh. they put a character who has like regrets about his past. And, and Miss Scarlet Nitz is saying right now that there's a bunch of stuff about kids and toys, particularly. Yeah. In that chapter, so there's that. Yeah, yeah they kind of just they kind of drop the ball a little on it, the placement there. I'm gonna be honest. I feel like that was a thing they threw on afterwards, and were like, it's like past, present, and future, and it's like, no, it's not. It just yeah. it doesn't I mean, have to be everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Scabatha doesn't seem like a past. Scabatha. Anyway. So that's 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 an interesting thing. I think that that's kind of that's different. It's weird. Hmm. It's it's a little off. It's mm -hmm. a little off. That might be one of the weaknesses of the module, um, but overall, it's it's quite good. Um, Robo Luchador asked to everyone, "How are the AD and D Greyhawk references hitting?" Because this chapter adds a lot more examples. Uh, for one, I can say this now: there was a clown in uh, in the Witchlight Carnival who was named Thacko, like two hit armor class oh. zero. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. Thacko was, was there, um, but as well, Elkhorn and Zyrak are both characters from uh, the old AD&D modules, right? The old Greyhawk modules. And by the way, um, since you've decided to go with Elkhorn, he has the worst stats, guys. He's got like <laughs> two or three minuses, Ooh. including strength. <laughs> it doesn't make any, he's a fighter. Like what is wrong with you, bro? I don't care. He's wonderful. He's, I, he's, I was going to say, he's great. I don't he's, care. He's great. Gra Grandma Dwarf. Grandma Dwarf. Um, I think they're pretty cute. Um, Zarek was funny because that fight like ended real quick. And the first comment I saw about that was, yep, that seems right compared to what I saw before. <laughs> Because like, like in all of the media, apparently he he goes down like a sack of potatoes in every fight. <laughs> That's funny. And Consistency. Like, it's like, oh wow, that was quick. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I feel kind of bad because like I I started playing right after 3.5 came out. And so like most of my first games were 3.5 before I turned to Pathfinder. I have played in a couple second edition games, but they've all been like home, not homebrew, but they've all been like self, they haven't been modules. So I, I haven't played any AD&D or done any of the modules. I've bought some for Christmas gifts for people, but I haven't looked hmm. through them myself. So I, I, I knew Seiko obviously, but I didn't know any of the other ones. Yeah. yeah. My, yeah, I didn't recognize any of, the other, any of the others, but then like I didn't play the yeah those well, DMDs. They had so. action figures, so if you Google Zarak action <laughs> figure or Zarak D and D, the action figure comes up. But let me just check. So Elkhart. Yeah, I like my dad has AD, so I bet if I go and look at his modules, I bet you do. Uh, I can find them, but I never bad. actually read them. Oh, I'll go. I'm going up on. I'll go find some modules and see if I can see steal some. that. That sounds like an extra life game, right? Oh my god! Oh. Try and run AD and D. <laughs> so, but there's no Elkhart figure from the looks of it. His name's Elkhart, right? Like that's. I didn't get that wrong. Elkhart, Elkhart, Elkhart. Um. Yeah, I'm much the same. I love watching other people. Uh, freak out about it and <laughs> think that it's amazing and I think it's amazing too but I also don't get any of the references without that because I only played from 3.5 oh, so no. there is a there is an action figure of Elkhorn I had his name wrong because I'm, I'm, <sighs> I'm smart like that uh, so if you all google Elkhorn action figure it even has like his blurb on his case dwarves can see in almost total darkness and Oh, this is just about dwarves. That's not. He's a good action figure. Oh, yeah, I see. Better than a crap action figure. That's good. Amazing. <laughs> Wait, they had, a, they had an elf named. They have a, an elf <laughs> named Melf. Melf. Yeah, as in Melf's acid arrow. Yeah. Oh. Amazing. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> I always, I mean, I always called it Milf's acid arrow in my high games. Milf's. Yeah, you draw the power from Lady Dimitrescu, and it uh, it, mm. it strikes true. Mm. Um, but no, it's um, yeah. Okay, so we have a serious couple questions that uh, we should probably address before we before we start working on wrapping this up uh so from danny darko i just love the roleplay heavy setting but i have no clue how to improvise and my players love fighting lol i think that's mm. lol um or it could be lots i don't know um no clue how to improvise um improvisation is a muscle you have to build up first of all um i strongly suggest just trying as as early as you can because the more you do it the better you get at it i, I used to think that i was not a very witty person until I started running tabletop games and then it kind of was like it was practice, right? Um, I don't know, but that was, you know, like you kind of feel like a bit quieter in like the high school age and stuff like that. And I think that um, a lot of what you're doing with improvisation is you're just telling you're just saying yes. And then just changing the second word, right? Like, Krista, it's all yes and, yes but, yes. And so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that for improvisation, once you talk to your players and you make sure that everybody's on the same page for like, hey, so we are going to like, 
everybody lean into the fun of this. Like, let's all have fun. And, um, and the, it, I mean, if you're really dedicated, like if you and your friends are like, we want, especially if you want to do it performatively, if you really want to work on your improvisation, like there's tons of improv games and like little fun things. Like my favorite is questions. Like questions is the best improv game in existence. And I love it so much. Um, have, have any of you guys played questions? Nope. I believe so, yeah. I so think the, I have. The whole premise is you have to have an entire conversation in questions. And you can't make statements. Everything has to be a question. Why? And How do you not know? Why haven't you told me about it before? Why would you expect me to tell you? Wasn't this on whose line is it anyway? I can't believe you would even watch that show. And see, I, that's where I lose. <laughs> because I, I made a statement instead of saying, you know... Why would you Why think would you I even... watch that show, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. How old do you think I am? Like, <laughs> there we go. You brought it around. Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> that was <laughs> exactly right. So, like, it's a very fun game because it makes you like think on your feet, especially if you have someone like timing you. It's it's a great game, and so, and there's tons of stuff like that. There's tons of little like improv things of coming up with stuff, right? So, hmm. I think. So tell your players to lead into it. If your players are really combat focused, start introducing improvisation into combat. So it's it's really easy because then it allows you to add flavor rather than like, I hit him with my sword. Be like, great. Um, start adding things into the scene or tell your players that like, so long as it doesn't immediately solve the situation, they can add things to the scene as well. One of the rules that I always have is that I'm really bad at describing, I think I'm really bad at describing rooms. Um, because I forget things that would be in a room. Like, I, I'm not going to take five minutes to Tolkien-style describe every nook, cranny, hole, candle, candlestick, mount, nut, rivet, bit of caulk, um, a bit of, like, uh, masonry splinter on the walls of this room. So, you know, maybe there's a chandelier I didn't describe. If there's, if, it, if there's likely a chandelier there and someone's like, well, is there like something I can swing off of? And I'll be like, boy, is there? <laughs> go I go was, watch the I last... Was... Go watch the last episode of uh, <laughs> uh, for Bassic Park. Oh, well, yeah. I was trying talking about improv areas. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry, so, go ahead, Robin. I was just saying, I was driving and um, there was like, I forget, like an old, old lowrider muscle car. And um, in, in the car, I kid you not, was a chandelier. Oh, like yeah. a mini, Hell yeah. mini You're chandelier. Telling me about that. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it? I I did not swing from it, but he might have been able to. It was blocking his rearview mirror, so I don't know how he he was driving, but you know, it was funny. So I just thought of that with a chandelier it's driving. It's like That's so is extra. That, uh, is that a, that's a that's, that's a chandelier. Our friend Fakeaster brings up uh, that they have a rule that if the players can give a really good RP reason for something, then they can use it to roll with advantage. Yeah, totally. Let I me mean, let the players do some of the work for you. It makes your life way easier. Like, if if your players are the type who will use it and they won't cheese it, like the 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 trick is to really build a like a communication and like a like a social contract at the table where it's like, all right, the door is locked. You know that the princess is on the other side and you need to get in there and kill her before she, you know, I don't know, takes over the nation. Because she's an evil princess. This isn't a damsel in distress thing. Um, but, you know, you have to kill the dragon on the other side of that door. What do you do? It's like, oh, I lift up a rock. You're like, okay. There's a spare key under it. 
And I'm like, hmm, you have two options. There one, you can say, yeah. Uh, you have three options. You could say, yes, there is a key to the door. If you're short on time, you just want to get in the damn door. The door has defeated them 15 <laughs> times. Um, you could also say, yes, there's a key, but it's not the right one. Uh, but it is, in fact, the key to the princess's heart. I don't know. You're make up whatever you want. Depends on your setting. Um, or you could just say, like, come on. You know, or someone who's like, oh, I look around, I find a plus five sword of badassery. You're like, oh. do you really? You mean you find a wooden sword that has that written on it? Sure. <laughs> just says bamf on it. Yeah, bamf. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. You know, it crits on a two, okay? But on a one, the universe explodes. Uh. Right? Um, yeah. So, so long as your players aren't going to try to cheese it, yeah, let them incorporate stuff. Like, let them improv stuff. That'll, that'll make life easier for you. Um, but as for, like, learning how to improv... Um, one of the hardest lessons that it, it is for people to learn, um, and I mean this lovingly, uh, but for people who do not consider themselves to be creative or for people who are not naturally creative people, um, I don't mean that as an insult. I just want to you know, make sure that's known. Um, uh, steal. You have watched movies. You have watched television shows. I say this every time I run a panel at a convention. I say this every time that I have taught a class. Uh, steal and and reflavor heavily. Star Wars is stolen from uh, uh, a bunch of Akira Kurosawa movies, uh, Buck Rogers, and a couple of other sci-fi properties. And it's all melange together in a Cuisinart and like repurposed into something that's pretty cool. Uh, do the same thing. Take little bits and pieces. Um, just reflavor it a little. Because that's what every story is. It's Every story is just taking something and repackaging it just a little bit so that it's fresh and new. We are, we are limited in the amount of creative concepts that we can come up with. What is it? There are only eight real stories, Krista? Is that the... Oh, I was just reading a book about this. Um... There, there are yeah. eight core myths. Core yeah, narratives, there's, right? there's, I think it, yeah, I think it's eight and everything else is just a spin on that. Yeah. So, like, if you're stuck for an idea, be like, what, what you do is you go, okay, so, okay, you guys saw Game of Thrones, right? Like, remember the scene with, like, the dragon and he, like, he's, like, burninating, like, the, the throne at the end? And they're like, yeah, and you're like, yeah, it's like that, but different and these are different and they'll, they'll, they'll totally be on for the ride they'll think that you are way more creative than you feel because of the but it's different yeah. <laughs> and there because people are if, if you have good players if you have players that actually want to have fun they will follow you on the butt adventure and they yeah. will be like oh this was the entire oh he was just or they were just using the the metaphor of game of thrones to 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 explain it to us like we're on a Star Trek episode. Oh, it's like putting too much air in a balloon, you know? Like I I yeah, I was gonna say I also like it kind of the backwards of like doing a description. I've done things where I'll give this big description and then at the end of it go, none of you are understanding what I mean. Okay, you know this thing, and they're like, oh yes, oh, perfect, yeah. yes, I totally understand. <laughs> I mean, copycatting. Um, I literally have Doctor Strange as my character inspiration for Cicera. <laughs> I've reflavored Doctor Strange into Cicera. You mean Professor Weird? Yes, oh Professor gosh. Weird. 
Uh, Golden Ias actually just pointed out something fantastic there that you could find Rambo and Power Rangers in the uh, Iliad. Uh, you can find the Iliad in Power Rangers and <laughs> Rambo because I, 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 I've written entire papers. Like I have a classics degree, folks. I've written entire papers on ritualistic arming sequences in movies because like every it's, it's so good. It's so good. God, I love ritualistic arming scenes. There's nothing better than like that scene from Commando where Schwarzenegger's like greasing himself up, putting all the knives in and the belts, and like, oh, it's so good. Oh, it's the best thing ever. And that's literally just taken out of the Iliad. It's so good. It's so good. We're all we're all so 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 dorky. Um. Uh. So yeah, there's that. Uh, they really like fighting things. Let them fight things. Um. Quick reminder. Uh. Enemies can plead. Enemies can run. Enemies can beg. Uh, make the make the good fights good and make the bad fights unpalatable if you want to. If you want to discourage them from fighting, have the tin soldiers be like, no, I have family at home. <laughs> or, you know, um, uh, have, you know, have the, the, the absolutely like unsalvageable people be unsalvageable, but like have like goblins beg for their lives. You know, uh, maybe they're tricky. Maybe they'll they'll beg for their lives to be like, I can give you gold if you let me live. And then they just try to escape because they don't want to fight, man. They they, they, they overestimated this. Um, but yeah, like what? It's kind of like the 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 biggest question that we had was um, uh, from Revan Knight. Actually, uh, this was a comment on a YouTube video, and I wanted to touch on this real quick. Uh, just around the second chapter, one player sort of rushed along. Players got bored as they uh, this player rushed past the talking heads. Uh, this is back in Hither, uh, the soggy court storyline. The rest of it by going straight to the cottage, busting in the door, forcibly searching everything, and then going straight to the hag to fight. No sneaking or exploration. I feel like I failed somehow. Two players just said there wasn't anything to do after the first two hours, and she zoned out uh, one wanted to rush combat and one was new one was fine with everything um, so I'm not sure exactly how many players you have there but um, that's a rough one like that's really like even so that player I kind of question what that one player is getting out of the game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at that point if you don't want to engage in anything in the game you just want to win yeah I I think that that's kind of like a conversation with the player that needs to be had on some ways of like, hey, like you want to have fun? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and and honestly, like if 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 you're a whole table, like I think Eolus in the chat was saying that like one of their players left because they didn't want a heavy RP game. And that's totally valid. Like if you want to play a game where you just build the most badass character and you just like play out fight scenes. I mean, that's like people play Mortal Kombat for a reason, right? Like Damn it's this yeah exactly it's fun it's fun to do that kind of thing as long as that's what everybody wants to do so that kind of situation is like yeah okay if you want to just rush through this like be considerate of your other of your teammates right like because you're mm. so all supposed to be a team dm included like you know it maybe you know it, it, we do check-ins pretty regularly of hey like what do we want out of this what are we doing going forward what where do we want to see these characters go we do it at the beginning basically every episode really like session zeros are fantastic like they're exactly to really say like hey this is what we're gonna do if at any point you feel like this is not going well make sure you talk about it and communication is key in all things and um 
it's brought up in the in the Twitch chat right now. The, the, one of the things that people really forget when they're running and, and being a dungeon master, a game master, a storyteller, whatever you want to call yourself, you deserve to have fun. If you are not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, and for a lot of us, uh, and for a lot of people who get stuck in the forever DM spot, uh, because they maybe don't have access to other people who want to run games and they just want to be involved in the magic of role playing, right? That they get stuck doing it. Now, I love being, I love doing it. Like I am, I am the inverted amount. I would rather run than play. And when I do play, it is a treat. It's like, it's actually way more stressful for me to play a game than it is to run one at this point. Um, because I overthink things because I only get one player or one character rather than like the million I get, you know, when I'm, yeah. Um, but any game that I have ever ran because I felt obligated to run it was the worst time imaginable. And I think that's really important to remember when you are a dungeon master or a game master because you, say you have a four-hour game session. Your players, if they level up between sessions and if they write backstories and if they do tons of downtime activities, collectively probably put as much time into the game as you do. All of them together. As a dungeon master, you live in your game world part-time. I, when I'm, especially when you're doing homebrew settings, I, for every four hours of game time, I am prepping or brainstorming at least four other hours. Like, and this could be casual. This could be like, I'm driving and I'm like listening to music and I've got like some Klaus belt from the pirate soundtrack just blaring. And I'm like, yeah. And then the dragon's going to come down and be like, yo, what up? You know, um, I'm a dragon. And uh, yeah, it's a cool scene. And then like, hopefully cat will say something cool. Probably not, but no, <laughs> kidding. Um, oh, oh bird cat, bird cat. No, I love you, cat. It's all good. Um, but if you're not having fun, find out why, and and talk to your players because like you, they are probably not paying you. Um, for the most part, most people who run D and D aren't paid. Uh, some of us are rare exceptions that are. Um, but most people, and, and, you know, hell, like, for, like, 18 years, I ran it because I loved it. And that just kind of turned into my job. But nobody, nobody's paying you to be there. Um, and if it's awful for you, find out why and talk to them about it. Because you, you are the linchpin of your game. Like, you, a, a DM can't run without players, but the players can't play without a DM. You know, there are three important things to any D&D game. It is the DM, the players, and the place you play at. Maybe snacks. Dice also a little bit. You can fake it. You can do pieces of paper. In the original D&D, they had, like, cut out pieces of paper you put into a dice bag. And you just drew them. Like a D20 bag, right? You pull out a number 1 through 20. Um, but as for this, like, I, I, I struggle to think, like, if I had a player that was rushing this, because there, there, there are some things that happen like this, like players rushing or, um, the dreaded teleporter. Um, y'all know what I'm talking about there. The player who teleports to wherever something is, is in the verb tense, you know, they're on the moon and somebody in New Jersey goes, oh, well, I check the door to see if it's, oh, I have a lockpick kit. 
you are not on the same plane of existence. <laughs> How did you get there? Well, I just thought that I would be there. Well, you ain't. Uh, if you're running online, having control of the mute button is particularly handy for that. Uh, <laughs> but you might lose a friend. Um, are they really your friend, though? No. Um, but like, Hence what about, communication. <laughs> but what about y'all? Because we've all played with people who tried to speedrun games. We've all held, maybe even been somebody who was speedrunning games on a bad day. What, what, mm -hmm. what advice would you have for this person? Well, if you're speedrunning it and the pace is going with you chances are you're also talking over everybody who also wants a shot at doing things too so there's the problems are multifold with people who are doing that right so i think that's definitely it needs to be a conversation probably just between everybody with how they interact not only with the dm and the story but with their other players mm -hmm. and not and because they're obviously if like they're the ones that's pushing it forward they're not taking into consideration everyone else's enjoyment as well and like you said they just want to win or mm -hmm. get to the finale point but then there's no growth They're, all you're doing is hitting things and if you're i don't know one well, i think like I think what they want great <laughs> it depends on like what sort of game you want because it does like do you want a sandbox game which is kind of what dnd is more designed towards like, there's so much stuff you can do off, mm. even within a module. There's a lot of little bits that you can explore. You don't have to just follow the shortest path through the module. And it kind of feels like most of these modules are like 50 bucks, too. In Canada, like, Wild Beyond the Witchlight was set, or um, Call of the Netherdeep was 70 with tax the other like, day because it's 60, yeah. it's 65 Get your Canadian money's dollars. Worth. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> like, do you really want to speed run through? Like, then you're going to be done and have to find a new game to play. Like, well, the player didn't pay for character. it, probably. Yeah, the player doesn't care. No, that's true. <laughs> but at the same time, it kind of feels like, well, why why waste the experience? But, and yeah. the character. Sorry. Yeah, I exactly. I get real attached Trying to get out of it. Well, yeah. And part of that is, like, just a discussion. If you think you can have that discussion as yeah. friends first. Like, I'm assuming you're friends. But... Oh, there's another thing. Don't run games for people who aren't your friends if you can help it, because... I, they have no reason to make it good for you. It's like, I've been in games with people who were not my friends. I've been in games with people who were actually, like, not quite my enemies, but, you know, like, <laughs> that high school level of, like, wow, I really hope you get a flat tire on the way home and everything's fine, <laughs> but it's inconvenient. You know? I really hope you stub your toe on the way out of this room type of per people. And you have to... Um, uh, you have to deal with that, right? But like, don't run games for people you don't like. You'll be mean to them by accident, or you'll overcorrect for them. And also, why, if you don't, if you don't have to keep them in your life, if you don't like them, why hang out with them? Because really, D and D is should be the vector for spending time with your friends. Like, it's uh, a game. Uh, th Generally, is... you want to do that with friends. Yeah, and, and I say also... this coming from the midwest where i grew up in a town of 2000 people I, I get it if you if these are the only people that will play games with you but go hop on like the dnd discord like look for some people sorry robin i was gonna say also one of the things said um i wanted if if you're listening Revan knight later on i know you sent this a couple months ago into the other how-to video but if you listen um i'd just like to say you did not fail you are not failing as a dm 
So don't think that. You are every DM that runs this. You there's no failure. There is a lack of communication and honestly it sounds like your players are really not considering you. I think Golden Ice um said it really well earlier in the chat was like if you're not having fun with the murder hobos and the fast running do a session 0.5 do it again and try yeah. and like, get your players in on this because mm-hmm. you're not failing them well, at all and you're not failing as a dm you're doing a great job i'm sure danny in the chat also said that uh doing a check-in at the end of every chapter too is a good yeah. idea to keep mm-hmm. everybody on track like that's a pretty good idea too. Um, I, I, Revan on on YouTube did actually. I, re, I replied with some advice on what I would do, um, and then wanted to add it here. Uh, he did, or they, I'm not sure. Um, did respond, uh, and said that they sat down with their player and they talked through it and were like, hey, everybody else was kind of not having a great time, and and like, do you mind slowing it down a little bit so we can kind of play in the world? And the player agreed, and their next session went great. So oh, that's fantastic. It, amazing yeah so it definitely plays into the communication 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 because like Mm -hmm. a lot of the time i feel like people generally aren't malevolent they're not doing things to be an asshole you're just doing it because you didn't think about it people are thoughtless people people are oblivious a lot of the time so you know what it like just just say it first and then give everybody a chance to listen to you and if they don't but <laughs> if they do <laughs> listen then great after this game you could always run a game that's specifically designed to be the murder hobo game where yeah. you can run through shit killing everything speed run yeah. Like, yeah, yeah designed to do it or just run um, curse of strahd where it's the exact opposite gets to try something out and you all try something different each time um yeah and yeah on on uh, my our my girlfriend fake aster uh just had to deal with a group kind of exploding because no one was checking in with anybody and a lot of triggers were set off and some really bad shit happened and so that, oh, that became sucks. a met that blew up a, fa- a friend group because people weren't checking in so it oh, it's rough. very Sorry, yeah dude. it it's very much something that you gotta pay attention to that kind of stuff well and that's the thing is like you guys don't necessarily see it when you're watching us play but when we do have something that is like rough in character we do have a cooldown once we've turned off twitch like we're yeah. still on the call and mm. we do have a check-in and that's when we like might cry or whatever right mm. it's like, like we deal with something or express it so that we don't leave feeling sour because you might feel sour in character but that's very easy to drag over onto your friend who is playing the other character just yeah. because you're feeling it bleed is real like like oh, emotional yeah. bleed so like be be aware of that and we we actually will have a panel on bleed and emotional stuff uh in dork tales expo which is going to be next month it's going to be like a weekend long convention all the videos will be up on youtube afterwards as well uh, but yeah watch out because like sometimes like you need to separate yourself because you get pissed about something in game and uh it'll taint the way you feel in real life and that sounds that's i'm sure some people will say that that's just being overreactive but honestly it's the same with acting if someone is being aggressive with you or if someone is doing something that pisses you off even if you're acting there is still a nugget of truth in your acting usually Well, if you end up getting face to face with somebody else and Mm. you're both screaming at each other in character is going to set off the hormonal responses mm. in your body 
of anger and aggression and danger and just fight or flight and all of that feeling you're going to get flushed you're going to have all those reactions that you would have if this was real because it's happening and not even something that extreme but like there can be like little things that set people off as well like uh, if i mean dnd is becoming much more popular but we're a lot of us are nerds guys we're dorks we're nerds we're geeks we used to be like have our lockers vandalized like i mean those of us who like went to school in like the 90s and 2000s right especially like it, w- it used to be bad like the stuff that like kids would have to put up with so having people like mess with your dice like people get really territorial but don't touch other people's dice don't and some, some oh, players oh will... my sister's boyfriend touched my dice one time when i was over for christmas and i lost my shit and then my sister was like robin what are you doing Catherine? if oh. you're watching this yes that i'm calling you out yeah. <laughs> but like i mean everybody's got their things right like some yeah. people don't like specific words being used the number of times i've had players be like oh my god don't use moist yeah that's that's fair D also does touch on some really um really big issues mm-hmm. um that some people may see as like oh why you know why why does that you know set you off why why can't you talk about this but um it's just it just talks yeah i you, don't know how to say it you, well. actually you bring up a really good point there caitlin so Thank if you. there's something that bugs you in a game you do not have to explain why it bugs you the fact yeah, that, that it too. bugs you is enough the fa- what the hmm? it's just our 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 auto mod caught kissed as a sex based <laughs> term i the settings wow. aren't that high i don't know what um but like spicy ooh. um so i mean holding hands is it's pretty spicy already it's pretty lewd. Any, any going yeah going anywhere beyond that mm-mm, mm-mm. so but like looking at what you're what y'all like yeah, if, if something bugs you, it bugs you. Like, just just be honest about it. Like, try not to be aggro about it. Try to be calm about it. And just kind of, you know, hey, I didn't love this. Um, the Once again, I will always say this. The easiest way to do this is, is with the crap sandwich. Uh, it's the easiest way to give constructive criticism is like, mm-hmm. Krista, I really love the way your hair's looking tonight. Like, seriously, I don't know how you get it. Like, that, it looks so, like, almost anime girl. Like, it's great. Like, it's so bouncy and red. Um, I really don't like the... I was thinking about the way that your character was acting last episode, and I think that Isaac was a, a bit more prickish than he could have been. Um, maybe... Is there any way we could chill this out? Uh, but, like, god damn, his makeup's good. It's so hard to be mad at him. So boom, boom. So you slide that criticism in between two compliments. There you um, go. And I'm sorry that they were appearance-based compliments. I realize now, but like I was, I'm looking at your face. Keeping them, keeping them on the same page is definitely good. Of like, yeah, like you know, I really like how you've been doing this with your character. This you could probably maybe we can work on that no. because I think it's causing some troubles. But you're also doing this really, really well. So do you want to talk about any of that? Ooh. Yeah. Also, so, I'm just gonna quickly interject here. Um, I copied a Google Doc form for um a copy of the RPG consent thing because someone mm. Sunblight I think put in. Uh, comment mentioning about an RPG consent list for things like if you're gonna have session zero. So I just thought I'd I'd slide that doc, Google Doc in there for the chat if you need it for if you're gonna play a game. This is a great way to have a talk with your players and then, you know, if something bugs 
you, you that you know can come up you can put that to let your dm know or things like that they can have conversations but i just i just thought I'd quickly slide into there so if anyone's wondering what that link was it's a google doc and, and one thing one thing about rpg consent um that i want to say as someone with attention deficit disorder is sometimes you will put something down you'll tell your dm you'll tell your game master and they might accidentally do a little bit of it anyway if it's something that is not uh particularly um something that they would consider normally it might just slip their mind um and that's not it should not be malicious uh but for example if someone has like a fear of ducks i don't know i'm picking ducks randomly because i don't think i'm going to offend anybody with that but if um if someone is afraid of birds and you accidentally mention a bird because you're like oh and then this guy there's a bird you're like oh crap because uh, i literally did this in a game yep. <laughs> where i said a word that referenced something that someone was, was has a phobia of and i was like oh balls um be be gracious and and so long as the, the your game masters contrite please just be be forgiving unless it's something that's like really really bad like be be charitable both ways i guess is what i mean to say yes yeah. and if, if you do say something don't hang on it too long of like oh yeah. shit sorry moving mm. forward and like like yeah, you I was good? gonna yeah, say the, go. the quick apology, but yes. don't belabor it because then you're just drawing attention to the thing yes. they hate. <laughs> this uh, it's almost like misusing a pronoun yeah. for somebody. Yeah, like yeah. if you have any friends that are transitioning and you accidentally use uh use the wrong pronoun, or like early on if you might use the wrong name for a minute, just apologize, move on. Self correct, move on. That's generally the easiest way to get over it yep. because then you're not making it agonizing for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just sitting there going, uh huh, just move on. Yeah, well, because I've been the guy that agonized the over it. Right? <laughs> and now I'm just like, shit, yeah. sorry, moving on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and eventually you'll 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 get it down, but it, it can be hard to switch gears on anything in life. So just be be charitable yourself and try. Just try. Trying yeah. is the most important thing. Yoda was wrong. <laughs> try is everything. And Yoda was afterward... wrong about so much. <laughs> so much. Um, I'll say afterward, then you can check in with the player and be like, hey, I'm sorry. Or private, you know, if 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 it's really bad, if people need to, if, especially not on a live stream game, even if we were, it's okay to take a break and come back if it's something that's like really affecting the player and they just need five minutes to like chill themselves out like it, it it's a game so it you can hit the pause button if needed to as well but mm -hmm. you know the quick apology and move on is great unless it's like you know so we got a question from coke machine which uh cheers <laughs> um how do you handle min maxers who almost every session ask to level up uh sometimes uh i assume they're just giving me the business but i'm not sure there, I mean, there are many ways. It depends on your party. It depends on your table culture. Uh, it depends on who you are to them. I have a feeling that with a lot of my games, because I'm kind of in the daddy DM role, I could just be like, well, now you're an extra session away from it. Well, I mean, even Every then, Every time like, you ask, I move, <laughs> move the goalposts. Oh my gosh. Like, turning this campaign right around. Session, right? Like, because... Mm. Mm -hmm. A lot of the traditional ways of leveling are XP-based, mm -hmm. that you get from killing things, and each thing has an amount assigned to it, yep. that you then divide among the party. See, I was going like, to say, just go full XP, because that, like, milestone is kind of how everybody does it now, because it's easier, oh, yeah. but, like, and just give people XP. And Counting XP used to be 
horribly boring. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And just but, it's but gonna if that's what they're really obsessed about, mm-hmm. yep. maybe it's worth it to like just do it that way. Because then they can they can see how far they are away from it. <laughs> yeah, it's and not. Shut are we leveling up? up? Are we leveling up? Well, are you close? I like, would say like just tell them earn it. Yeah, yeah. Just be really consistent about whichever way you do it. Because if you are doing milestones, it's it's kind of like a well, did you do the same? Like, did you do as much as you did like the previous sessions to earn it? Right? Did you really? Mm. Um, but I do I do agree that um, that in that case the XP is probably just the best way to. Unless they turn personally, into I like robos. milestones. Because you could That's kind of true. set up your own leveling of like, okay, well, I want to do this next time and you have to be this level to be able to even attempt it. Mm. So we need to get you to that level. Right? Mm. I think kind of- I think just having like, yeah, having having XP set up of, of like you said, to avoid murder hobos, be like, no, you get XP for story applicable kills and you get XP, like I will tell you if this is an XP fight or not. If you kill something without it, doesn't matter. No, XP. maybe it's negative XP. Maybe it'd be like, no, no, you'll yeah. lose XP if you kill this guy. God. And the I idea that Sunblader put out about applying XP to non-combat as yeah. well, giving Absolutely. an XP value mm-hmm. to certain like story beats. Paizo did a lot of that stuff with Pathfinder, actually. I loved like, the way yeah. Paizo did XP. Yeah. Like honestly, like I, it is really good. And this is might be a controversial opinion. It is really great to see Wizards of the Coast with D and D starting to put out modules that are the same quality that like First Edition and Pathfinder modules were. Yeah, those mm-hmm. things were great, and they still probably are. I haven't read one in quite a while, but like by and large, like Paizo was putting out great adventures with great mm-hmm. NPCs and. Well, great I love work. that they were divided up into books. It also yeah. was a great way to just kind of you know milk us, but like. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's also good it was really I, I really did like that though because it was way easier to drop 20 bucks on part one of a module it would cost you more in the long run but if your game fizzled in book one like oh like half of the games i ever ran for pathfinder did and i'm pretty sure yeah. i'm pretty sure that's about the average but you you buy book one and you hook them into the game mm-hmm. and then go up. i need help buying book two <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You guys each. want me to run? Okay, let's all buy book two. Well, okay, up, like, let's buy book three and four. Let's I go. I started running a Pathfinder game, and I think I got you got a lot of stuff book. for Christmas or your birthday. And yeah. then, yeah, like between you and like a couple other people in the group, I think you guys all bought me the books, so I had the entire eight set. Because we had to hunt them down because they were we were moving to second edition at that point, so we had to do so, I had to do some hunting for some of those. Some of those were eBay purchases, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We ended up not finishing it because stuff happened, nope. but it's still on the shelf. Right I keep it's actually a decent story. I keep meaning to kind of like try and find time to like transfer stuff over into D and D language mm. and mm. try and like mm-hmm. change out. Okay, well those are Pathfinder skeletons, so that means that would be D and D this or whatever because they're not the same CR and that sort of mm. thing, right? Try and kind of like use the story, but change the, the encounters to fit D land yeah but I, I think overall um i mean it's it's something we talk about a lot krista reiterated it earlier talk to your players talk to everybody talk 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 um i make sure everybody's on the same page it can be difficult don't assume that anybody assumes anything including your own assumption of assumptions and also don't assume that people are intentionally trying to offend you in most cases it, it is an oopsie so if something does 
like affect you by someone's attitude or something. Again, communication, they probably be like, oh shit, I didn't realize, I'm so sorry. Um, next time I won't like say some, like word it differently for like your character. Um, Cause it, yeah, sometimes people make people make mistakes. We're all human. And if we're they all are trying, trying to, to offend you, and they're making that face, you know the one. Oh my god! Just just the rat face. Kick him to the curb. Mm-hmm. You we all we all <laughs> we all go. know that one guy at like the D and D club at high school, who was like, "I kill your character." Yeah. Right. See, I played my with parents seasoned uh, the the people I played with in high school were my boyfriend's family, who like his mom and stepdad and like all their friends that played like hard role play since first so, edition. I was just thinking, so that, I didn't have that. Oh, that's so good. I I think that you would have better just switch it over to be like, I kill your kid. Be like, okay, your parents love me more than you. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get good at burning. Get good at burning. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like Krista, that's you're you're pretty lucky. In oh, I'm very. I I am aware that I am very lucky in my setup. I I've had a few tables that I've played at that have been rough, but even like I ran I ran a game a couple of one shots at uh, Cap City Expo Cap City Con. Um, and for random players that signed up to come play a couple of modules of Pathfinder, mm. and they were all awesome. Everybody that played awesome. had so much fun and were so cool. So I, I have been very, That's very lucky. Super and, lucky. I yeah. <laughs> I yeah. When I used to run stuff like for clubs on campus and stuff, like you, you'd never know what was going to come in the door. And a lot mm-hmm. of, because my games were always closed invite, right? Like I'd have people who were messaging me, be like, Hey, I'm bringing this character tonight. Like to like a live action game. Yeah. Or, like a full like parlor LARP. They'd be like, Oh, I'm going to play this character tonight. I'm like, I'm not even telling you where we're meeting. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm not going to let you come and throw a wrench into like episode 58 of my <laughs> 70 part game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're huge nerds, everybody, if you couldn't tell. Um all right, so anything else about chapter three that we should suggest? Um uh read the read the book uh really closely. Don't listen to me for anything involving maps. Um uh My favorite part of this that I actually that I ran personally though was um be be aware that there are some places in Loom Lurch where it can get kind of like chunky, and that it can be uh, can be quite a a, fa- a slog. By the way, I just want to say that real quick as as something that I thought about for game uh, that it can turn into a bit of a dungeon and like a bit of a, a bit of a huge fight with like about twenty or thirty combatants against you. Um, so allow your NPCs to be dumb is a great way to do it because I'm assuming ten men aren't that smart. They literally have a brain full of rocks. Um, but my favorite... Yes, getting getting to intimidate them with win instead of <laughs> having to fight them was... That's great. Um, so the balloon ride from thither, hither to thither uh, was probably one of my favorite parts. And that involves using a technique that um, I don't see very often in tabletop games. I use it frequently, but I haven't seen many other people use it, uh, in my experience as a player at least. And that's flashbacks. 
Um, it is a great way to go into the character's backstory, and it's why I generally ask for bullet points rather than fully fleshed out backstories. Um, bullet points are more authentic, and they allow you to go back and re-role play those scenes. So, for example, like the the scene with Isaac and his family, like that is a, it's a better element. If I'm like, okay, you had a falling out with your father. Okay, cool. I don't need to know more than that. Nobody does. And I guarantee you, in a writer's room, like for a real production, they, you have a coin toss of whether or not it's anything besides daddy issues on a card on the wall. Because nobody cares. We're not dealing with that yet. You might get into it more, more closely in like the series Bible or the character thing, but for, for the beginning when we're spitballing this, if it's not on scene, it doesn't matter. We just need the implication of it. Right? So uh, with that, it's way more impactful to be like, oh yes, as you sleep, we cut back to this scene and we we learn about this and we actually role play it out in the moment. Give inspiration for it if you're using inspiration at the table. Um, the more your player leans into it, the more your player leans into failing or tragedy or things like that. And flashbacks can be a great way to establish things in the narrative that A, you need to have happen. But um, the best, the best example of this that I can give for this channel is that all of you should go watch 26 episodes of The Reign of Emerys, which is a homebrew setting uh, game that is complete now. It's a 26 episode run. Fantastic. Uh, will take you about as long as it's taking you to watch this much Witch Light. Go watch that because I use it to set up things that I hadn't realized I wanted to include in the story but did not include early enough due to like, I didn't know where the players were going. Player agency will screw everything up. So I was like, oh, well, this is actually going to be a major story element because this is actually how I kind of want the story to go. But I messed up and I didn't introduce this from the beginning because I didn't think of it until this week. That happens. Sometimes you have to retcon things into the narrative. Flashbacks allow you to do that without the players ever realizing it wasn't meant to be in the story from the start. Also watch the Supernatural players. and you'll understand that that's what everybody does. God, don't watch Supernatural. Also, it helps the players. I know, like, I have an idea of my character, but I find after a few sessions when I actually get into the meat of who they are, that when a flashback happens, it's like, okay, it's been a few weeks. I, I now know things about my character's backstory that I didn't necessarily have crystallized before. So I think it's a great opportunity as well for your, your players to get a chance after they've had a bit of thought about their characters instead of writing the 20 page backstory and having to think about that it's like okay i have bullet points so i know i know what mm. i kind of think of my character is but also when the flashbacks happen i found it was a great time to let other parts of the character that i had discovered along the way as well go into into the narrative as well where it's like okay I know a bit more about Ivy and how she is, so I know yeah. what to kind of sprinkle in and how she would actually be now as a child instead of trying to think when making the character up. It's like, how is she as a child? Well, I don't oh. have the time necessarily to think about that right now. Writing backstories is literal hell for me. And yeah. guess what? And it tends I to also be so very much. limiting. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Because it pin you've pinned yourself down, and now maybe you're trying to play that character, mm. and you just can't do it. Because you don't have any flexibility because you've created it all already and now you have to play who that is. You're not discovering who that is. I I find backstory stuff absolutely hellish. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. I do it as we play. I, for the most part. Yeah. Like, so, I, I, I require you when. give me bullets, basically, on things. 
yeah, yeah. very okay. very rough bullets i'm happy to try and figure out like parent names and stuff like that but even then like honestly with like reign of emery's i'm really glad that you kept reminding me that that was my brother or that was my dad's name <laughs> i don't freaking well remember like i don't you know you're like four yet. games so and that's the other thing about that like i run enough games that if you give me a full backstory i'm not going to read it i don't have yeah. time like if i can't read for pleasure <laughs> i'm not going to read for the like I, you know it's 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 rough and I think it's way easier to figure out how your character would have been in the moment when you're not the person playing both your character and your father and your brother and your mother at the same time and trying to figure out how those dynamics are going to go. But if you're yeah. going back and forth with your DM, mm. um, kind of figuring out their personalities and being like, yeah, oh yeah, this is how it went. Yeah, this is what happened. Like, And then I totally stormed out of the room and we never spoke again, you know? Yeah. 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 Having somebody to play off of to create those feelings. Mm -hmm. those stories mm -hmm. you can also bring other players into flashback scenes so you could say for example if caitlin had a fight with with her character's dad the other players could either like maybe the dm doesn't want to play the dad it's like does anybody feel like playing this father um and then you ask caitlin for a touchstone like what's he like well he's kind of like jk simmons and whiplash like oh i want to play that actually i'm sorry <laughs> just kidding <laughs> is it on tempo is it on tempo it's on my tempo <laughs> Right. That's, so. that's always my biggest advice for people. If play you're running, Simmons. if you're running a campaign in a, is play J.K. Simmons. Always, always everybody play, play J. Simmons. Just in all J.K. Simmons. Oops, all J.K. Simmons. Oops, all. Um, if you ever, damn it, that's no. like an extra life game. <laughs> exactly. He's right. I saw him writing I know, it down. Writing immediately. It down. I knew it. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was. My biggest advice for anybody that like runs a city game. If you're running a place where your, where your party is getting broken up a lot, let your other players play NPCs. The mm. best game I ever played was like a two-year campaign where we would just like, you were in a restaurant and someone would be like, oh, I'm the chef and just say some bullshit. You don't have to be integral to the scene. You just get to have fun and shoot some <laughs> dumb words out, right? Mm. And and so as long as they're not like a named NPC, you just pick it up. I played a, a, a bimbo that ran the desk of a lawyer's office that was actually the Thieves Guild and she didn't know. And it was the best character i've played in my entire life and it was a offhand npc that was just so much fun and it it gives your players something to do when it, you're separated and builds your world out a lot more because you're that way your dm doesn't have to come up with a thousand npcs to make your world feel full yeah really because like and it's it's fantastic i also think that um touchstones are a really fantastic way to do shorthand by the way for your, for your mm -hmm. dm like give it give your dm touchstones like characters from movies or something like that to help them play who you want because there's nothing it, it, it kind of sucks when you have this like huge backstory for your character figured out and then you give the, the dm the play and they play your npcs wrong mm -hmm. and that's that's not true they're not playing them wrong they're playing their interpretation but mm -hmm. you can help make that interpretation closer to your interpretation by providing touchstones and that's that's been a learning process for me over the years um but uh, flashbacks are fantastic because they allow you to establish mood and tone, but they also allow you, uh, as Rob was saying, to discover things about your character. And they can give you some of the, the most satisfying things possible. They can allow you to completely reinterpret the way your character has acted about certain things. Mm -hmm. Where you're like, oh, he's really closed off. Oh, that happened to him. I would have been too. I, it's He hasn't... I haven't been quiet. I've just been traumatized. There we go. Um, because everybody's always evolving and changing. Um, 
Well, and having I... those scenes, especially the way you did them in Reign of Emerys, really felt it really gave a lot of flavor to the characters because you were coming up with a story and basically narrating it to us with a little bit of input from us on some key parts. Mm. But we weren't trying to build it ourselves. Like it was coming from somebody who was very professionally good at storytelling. Thank you. <laughs> who had basically written short stories for us that drew out the world, drew out our backstory, made these characters so much realer, I think. The be the absolute best moment is a spoiler and it's your character. It was it was it was the dance. The dance was the best flashback moment ever because it was I'm a I'm a I'm a it was so lucky. There, there, oh God, nobody's gonna go watch it. You guys should all go watch the game. But there's this moment where two characters meet on a dance floor, and it's like there's an implied romance between the two of them five years in the future, in the present timeline. And we roll to see how their dance goes, and we both nat 20. And just the the game explodes for like five minutes. We basically have the Cinderella dance scene from the it Disney movie. It was just the coolest moment. Yes, so Robin. I just okay. Uh, bringing back the NPC thing. That was my one kind of thorn for the campaign was because you had Caitlin and I both come into that but you didn't have my npc that i played interact at all so i was oh, just yeah. there actually not npcing at all i was like you tried to bring us in but then you just interacted with caitlin's npc so my person was just kind of like <laughs> i didn't do anything for this. i was like why did you ask me i didn't do anything that was my one like bad thing about that okay can you explain what the hell a thorn is Sorry. Okay, so Nadpod does this thing on their short rest where they say roses and thorns for the episode. So the blooms, the good things, and the thorns, the, the, the things that kind of like pricks they wish they would have done better or different. You call so me I think. a prick? <laughs> no. Wow. I'm saying it was a thorn. Yeah. Rotating Heroes does the same thing, except they do doggy treats and PCFOCs, which are Pringles cans full of coins. That's awful. Um, wow. So that's... Okay, yeah. Okay, well, it's not 100% when you're bringing other players. Oh, oh, I know. I was just I was just saying, going back into the talk of bringing in your NPCs, and then that scene was like, that was the one time where that happened for the flashback, and it didn't, I, it didn't work. All right. All right. Well, nobody bats a thousand. Nobody bats a thousand. I know. Hey, you just got to be obnoxious. You just got to be like me and just talk. I know. I should. You could have been louder then. You could have been louder. Oh, you were doing the romance thing. I was not interrupting this scene. You you could have just been in the side and been like, it's beautiful, ain't it? Oh, yeah. And then the super awkward thing with my NPC and Leiden. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. Because you were that's with right, Leiden and I was supposed to be with Leiden. Christine, but then the the, then the guy was there. So I was like, whooped in. So like what am I doing here? I should have just like gone off the, the other arm. <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah. And, and honestly, that kind of plays into the way that like we all, I think one of the things people like about Dork Tales <gasps> is the fact that like we understand when to be quiet mm -hmm. and we understand that like there's ton there has been a million Maybe times in which <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's been a million times in which like that I've thought I've been like, oh, I have a thing I want to say here, and I'll go, and but someone else is talking, and, mm. but then someone else has started talking, and I'll go, but someone else has started talking, and then we leave the scene, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, well yeah, that's fine, let's move on. Like, Dork, Dork Pod will <laughs> yeah. not have that. Dork Pod will be just everyone talking <laughs> over each other constantly. Oh, good. It's well, really great. Well, that, yeah, but that I'm like that in everything. Happens with which, like, so I kind of like 
Win is a very easy character to never shut up. So I'm trying very carefully <laughs> to make sure that, well, if I sit quiet for too long, I will wait until there's a good moment where I can interject something stupid. <laughs> mm -hmm. A comment on something by Win, even if it's just a, I don't understand, just in the <laughs> background. But and that I mean that I'm was something very at the very not. at the very beginning of this campaign, like even off screen, I told everyone like, hey, if I'm ever talking too much because Isaac is a fucking talker, please <laughs> tell me because Krista does not think that they have any right to talk over anybody, but Isaac certainly does. But Krista couldn't let themselves do that. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been, I've been trying to at least get a, you know, a word in and say things that he would, but at the same time, I don't want to dominate mm -hmm. the screen. One with like Thither because like it's more um, focus was for Caitlin's character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was trying to make sure that I didn't do too much in certain scenes because I wanted your character to be cool. <laughs> it's Luthien's time. Thank you. Thank you. So I was like, especially since I think you tend to come from work a lot, so you're really, really tired. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. I'm just really tired in general. Um, but mm -hmm. also, Which like, I think like you Kelly have a was lot saying, more intensive job than I do. <laughs> Not that <laughs> I don't get tired from mine too, but. Mm -hmm. So I know, like, sometimes I think you're mm -hmm. a bit quiet from being tired or something like that. So it's just like, yeah. okay. It's partially that. Shut up um, for a little bit to let Caitlin talk. Well, spoilers. Um, she'll probably be a bit louder and a bit, you know, more more into things. Now that she's not, I wouldn't say less traumatized, but she's working through her shit now. Right. Rather than, like, <laughs> focused on this one goal and to hell with everything else. I just need this one goal. So... Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. So, but it's weird going yeah. from like Malia on Wednesdays who just doesn't really talk much at all because she thinks everybody's being stupid mm. <laughs> to Win, who just is like, well, I'm going to open the door. And then you guys keep talking and Wynn just well, goes and opens and the door. And I, I absolutely 100%. I kind of imagined when before we started this campaign, I was thinking of Isaac as this guy that's like, okay, he's constantly, we'll, we'll be walking down a trail and he'll be talking and telling a story and doing whatever and blah, blah, blah. And then Wynn showed up and it was like, oh no, we're walking down a trail and Wynn is going, Wynn is the one that's that's telling stories and wandering along and, <laughs> and which is delightful. It is so good. And I imagine mm -hmm. Isaac going. They're going to get funny married. Because that was exactly the reverse <laughs> of what we were going to do. Because you would get yeah. Isaac as somebody who would come up with stupid plans that don't work. Yes. And were yeah. bad ideas, but you yeah. would state them very decisively. And we had so, agreed so that yeah. you were going to do that. And then Wynne was going to be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And Lithium was going to be like, that sounds like a shitty ass idea. Yeah. If that's what you mean. The whole thing was going to be that if then somebody else stated an opinion decidedly, Wynne would turn and go, oh, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that that didn't happen quite as much. Uh, Wynn has been much more um, stated in her opinions. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of funny how first first plans change. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, first first ideas for characters always change. Like, yeah. they they're never who I imagine before I start playing them, mm -hmm. and then they develop mm -hmm. into an actual character. It's almost like real life. Well, I mean. <laughs> I yeah. had so much trouble getting wins. <laughs> like I want to give Win an accent, and I kind of have had found okay. I like the non-rotic, 
but I was having so much trouble with it until I got to, like, figure, tried the line. Mm. Well, hi there, I'm Gwendolyn Shaffrey, you can call me Win. And that just, it just fell into place. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I can just do it. All right, but before so, that line, it just... Nope. <laughs> um, I mean, going around and finding your characters is important. So, um, so with this, um, do your best. Uh, Thither is a lot of fun. Take your time. Go through as much of it. So the tree thing, maybe cut back one tree thing, in my opinion. Um, be wary of what to do with the unicorn horn, because that will cause you problems if you are not ready to make a decision on that when it happens. Uh, but beyond all, if you need a minute to take a step back and regroup, remember that there is nothing wrong with saying, all right, let's take a five minute break. I just want to review my notes so that I get this scene exactly right. Or this next room is kind of tricky. Give me just a sec to review my notes because there's something special coming up and I want to make sure that I don't forget it. Uh, so let's go put on some coffee and I'm going to take this book into the bathroom. You know, something like that. <laughs> um, like there's, there's no shame in asking for five, ten minutes to review your notes. Or if you're getting toward the end of the night saying, all right, I think we're going to call a game here so that I have a little more time next session with this room. I don't I think that it would be better suited if we if we did that um, and uh, yeah so is there any last thing uh, is it better okay so we have one last question that's coming in here from uh, from Dredge and Wolf uh, and that's uh, uh, someone, uh, so they played in first edition to 3.5 uh, and then took a, a big break and are back and want to run a campaign. Is it better to get to know the new rules as a player or straight in as a DM? I, it depends on... Do you, do you I learn... I not too hard. It's really not that hard. Mm -hmm. it, in fact, no. you're throwing a lot of rules out. Do you learn from mm -hmm. experience or do you learn from reading? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because also, I, like, mm. you can get the the updated Dungeon Master screens, of course, which have, like, a lot of the rules compressed into that area yeah. to help you. So if you feel like your group is relaxed enough to be willing to be happy for you to be learning while playing with them and get not stressing you out, but giving you the time in which to quickly, like, try and figure out how that works to mm. learn together. I, I learned better through osmosis personally. Um, so by just like, I, I actually didn't read the book very closely until like a year into running Dork Tales. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's obvious in early Shards and Urn. Hmm. That's Pathfinder you're playing, Kelly. Um, <laughs> I think honestly, I think a lot of the rules are close enough. It's honestly, they just boil it down. They get rid of a bunch of skills. They get rid of skill yeah. points. They, they boil a lot of it down, make it a lot easier. You're either, it's a. In my experience with people who are coming from previous editions, you're going to be one of two people. You're either going to be someone who goes, oh, wow, this is a much more streamlined way to play, or you're going to be cranky about it. Yeah, there are only the two flavors. <laughs> uh, when, when, when editions change, there's nobody who's like, it's okay. No, it's like, it's either like, yeah, which is like, I I was very much, a, I don't know about this. And then I played a couple games and was like, oh my God, I hate skill points so much. This is great. Oh, see, I also, miss, I miss skill points. You know, yeah, I bet you miss synergy bonuses in Pathfinder too. <gasps> I won an argument about synergy bonuses by doing a backflip. I will fight for synergy bonuses for the rest of my goddamn life. So... <laughs> I was going to say Riggs also brings a point up. This is how I learned how to play D&D. 
Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the rules, like some of the basic rules was I I learned it through osmosis of listening to podcasts and like watching, like, you know, if you like to watch people on, on Twitch and stuff, but I learned a lot of the base rules, like advantage, disadvantage. Like I started like, yeah. playing in like- The one thing I was really sad about- Listening. Was oh. barbarians. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the really 1.5 times thing <laughs> that you got to add to stuff as a barbarian in Pathfinder. You don't get that in D&D 5e. Uh, uh, don't I will recommend powerful. the two the two things I would recommend for learning if you're going to watch something. Um, the first season of Dimension 20 is really good because they have a player who has never played before and a number of players that are unfamiliar. So Was that an that, uh, no, that's dork. That's a dimension twenty. So that's oh, okay. uh, college humors with Brandon Lee Mulligan, um, mm. and then the Adventure Zone. Uh, the very first episode, none of them had played. Even Griffin, who was running, had played like twice, and so they were all learning the rules together for the first arc. So or watch Dork Tales. Absolutely. Oh, I'm just I'm just saying we <laughs> but we <laughs> jump we jump into it. Like that's what this is what I'm saying it, is we just kind of oh, no, play. Yeah, I knew you were. But cool. yeah, anyway, I would say if, you, if you're kind of like, I want to know more rules rather than have to watch and learn by osmosis, if you want to see people actively telling you the rules, um, it's good. Or, or like we've had a couple of campaigns with people that are new to 5e and, you know, you're going to hear those rules come up a lot. So yeah. don't uh, listen to Dungeons and Daddies for rules because no. they don't play D&D. They do not. <laughs> they say they, they do, do but they do not play that's, D&D. That's fine. That's but fine. it's a good podcast that's fun to listen to, but not Dungeons and Dragons if you want to learn the rules. That's yeah. fair. Um, Krista, should we we have a game at uh, Dorktales Expo that's just someone running an episode of D&D for all noobs? Who have never played D before? Can we that's find so people? Fun. I think so. Can we? I think I can find people. Yeah. Find... I mean, that's also a bit like the thing is, it's for stream though. People might be. Mm-hmm. We could try, but it might be a bit nerve wracking to mm-hmm. like never play it and go on stream, and people don't like to make a fool or sound like an or, idiot kind of thing. I think or we can figure it out. We take really experienced people who go into it with the concept of explaining everything they do clearly of okay yeah, i'm gonna roll fun. to attack with my sword which is blah and i add this and this to my roll yeah that might, that might be more fun especially yeah. if you do like st- like do stupid stuff with it well yeah. i spank him with my sword well to spank him you need to make a base attack bonus <laughs> roll. And what you do is you would add your proficiency to your strength because you're using your strength to swing your sword yeah, well exactly. it's a light sword oh then you can use your dexterity or because it has this quality no, oh, the how to D and D game. That yeah, that yeah. might be a fun. How to panel. how to D and D how to D and D. Yeah, and everybody plays a like a base fun. class. Nothing fancy from the extra books. Yeah, yeah like just that. PHB. Just use the PHB. Yeah, first level. That could be really fun. First level, get killed by house cats at the very end. They just yes. all yeah. Oh, yes. oh my god. <laughs> well, and heck, if we did Rear. that, we could even have a precursor where we build on stream and just clearly lay out like. At least one person builds. Yeah, must start in a tavern. Yeah. A tavern yeah, in a cavern. Absolutely. Well, of course. Everybody takes pickle damage. Everybody takes Sounds custard proficient damage. proficient in spank. Proficiency <laughs> in spank. Why did custard I damage I mean, come? dungeon masters, come on. They're proficient in spank. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Whoa. <laughs> and on that note. On that note. Let's actually, go. Hi, I'm actually, just, actually, I think that is, a, that is a good place. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of, of Wild Beyond the Wishlight. Um, I hope that you took some information from this for running it yourself. Uh, take it slow. 
Uh, have fun with it. This is a damn good chapter. And it's my favorite so far. Uh, ooh, the first one, though. The first or third are probably my favorite. Um, we still got two more to go through, plus the epilogues. And I hope that you are going to have fun with it. Be And remember, this is a storytelling experience. So go off script. Just uh, if you add stuff, like a red hag that forces prophecies on characters, uh, write it down and be consistent. Consistency is key. You might think you're being mysterious by pulling a lost, but remember, even J.J. Abrams didn't know what the hell he was doing. Mm -hmm. Always know what's in your mystery box. Um, but yeah, I think that that's going to be... That's it for me. Uh, let's go around a circle, say who we are, what we did, and uh, call it here. Let's start with Christine again. We'll go in a big circle. All right. I'm Christine. Uh, you can find me as Lady Liliana on Twitch. Uh, and in this game, I play Gwendolyn Shafra, our human monk. Thanks. Krista. Hi, I'm Krista. You can find me uh, on here on Twitch or um, mainly on TikTok as Chahista FX. I also run our Dork Tales TikTok, so come check so us good. out over there. It's lots of fun. We're doing dumb stuff and it's wonderful. Um, uh, and I play Isaac Rinaldi of the Runigling, the uh, Leonin rogue. Nice. Uh, Caitlin. Hello, I'm Caitlin. Um, I am Petite Medic, wherever Petite Medics are sold, which is Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, Facebook. Yeah, I knew I missed <laughs> something there. Oh, so which one is it? And today, today, I usually, not today, but I usually play Luthien Aradell, our high elf gunslinger. Nice. Uh, Robin. Hello. Or, I guess, not Hello. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. I, goodbye. Um, I am Robin. Um, also second in gamer in the chat. Um, and uh, I usually I am playing Cicero Novus, our tiefling, uh, clockwork sorcerer. Um, yeah, it's uh, look forward to next week where I get to be purple again. It's gonna be great. Uh, and as always, I'm your Dungeon Master Kelly. Thank you for coming and watching Wild Beyond the Witchlight. We're here all week. Try the veal. Uh, if you want to see other stuff that we're doing, be sure to come back tomorrow night for the episode one of Call of the Netherdeep. It's going to be amazing. I have been working on the soundtrack and like my notes all day. Um, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. And if you like what we do with Witchlight, it you're going to love what we do over there too, I promise. Uh, on Wednesday, join us at 11 a.m. for um, Who D and Done It Part 2, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific. And then on Thursday and Friday is going to be Lasers and Feelings with Krista. F Saturday is going to be uh, my game of Animal Adventures. And Sunday is Deadlands, unless I pass out from all the gaming beforehand and take a day off, which I probably won't. So we'll see you next Monday for Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Uh, and folks, if you're listening on podcast, expect Call of the Nether Deep to end up on podcast as well it'll be coming your way uh, i haven't decided the release day for that but it will be sometime probably like a monday or the following tuesday every week so that it doesn't bunch up too much um and uh, yeah i hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned some stuff yeah that's me uh so good night everybody we love you very much we'll see you in yawn good night folks Dorktales Presents Wild Beyond the Witchlight is a Dorktales production. It features Kelly Clark as the Dungeon Master. It stars Hayden Davio as Nico Freya, Robin Halford as Cicera Novus, 
Krista Mitchell as Isaac Rinaldi, Christine Rattray as Gwendolyn Shafra, and Caitlin Vinkel as Luthien Aradell. To watch episodes live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, tune into twitch.tv slash dorktales, or you can catch us later on YouTube at youtube.com slash dorktales. Our opening and closing theme is Carousel by Monument Studios. This episode also included the music of Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. For a full list of music used in this episode, please check the show notes below. This episode also used music and sound effects from TabletopAudio.com. Tabletop Audio is one of the best resources that a role player can have. It has ambient sound effects, 10-minute loops, and plenty of things to bring additional ambience to your role-playing experience. We're not sponsored by them, we just love them. Go visit them today and support them if you can. If you like what we do here, you can help us grow by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dorktales. Speaking of which, I'd like to take a minute to thank all of our patrons at patreon.com slash dorktales, starting with our Patreon producers. Our divine producer, DM Michael Gray, the great and powerful. Our demonic producers, Jade, the maker of monsters, and Bracarius, our fun but evil Funkle. We love you, Uncle Marty. Our princes of the Patreon, Taryn, the original Dorktales fangirl, Dustin, our time-traveling buddy from 1977, Drizelta, a.k.a. James Bododge, and Eolus, the forever cleric. Our level 20 heroes, Jan Clark, who's my, my mom, Bob Kessler, who's along for the ride, and Michael Eilat, the graphics guy. Our level 10 heroes, Nacro, the Straw Hat Devil, George Sibley, Snowy323, and Hans H. Boundehoof, our very important patrons, who donate five or more dollars per month, an actual guinea pig, Dale Cope, the eternal student of life, Camille, who may be six possums in a trench coat, Evan, longtime listener, first-time patron, Mike Baxter, first of his name, Jason Tudor, the mayor of Icewind Dale, Krista Mitchell, the Siege FX engine, Rio, but without the OZ, United Adventure Company, Robin Holford, the wine master, SM Pace, Hillary, Colin Son, Matt DS, Eric and Amber, Moth Vibes D, Dark Ninja Raven, Chandra Magic, The Traveler, and Radical Hair. And our Dork Squad, Jen Peters, Caitlin, Ba Tran, Willem and Isolde, Just Andy, EJ, Ashley Johnson, an Insomniac Veterinarian, Stevo's Gaming Dungeon, Creax, Random Equinox, Daniel, Brent, and CTSRTY. If you'd like to hear your name at the end of these episodes and get access to exclusive perks, feel free to join us on patreon.com slash dorktales. Dorktales survives on the generosity of our patrons, and I can't express how grateful I am to each and every one of you for your support. Thank you so much, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to reach out, you can find us on the Dorktales Discord. We hope you join us, and we'll see you in the next episode.